Hello everyone and welcome to the 2001 podcast. This is episode 3 and I have my very special guest, Rhiannon Evans. She's awesome. She's a great guest. She's so much fun to talk to. Um, she's the first female creator that I've had on the show so far, so I'm really happy about that. I think it's super cool. Get into a big discussion, get into a lot of things, talk about like technical theatre, directing plays, movies, obviously. I, th- I would hope there's movies in this thing, but if there's not, you know, that's fine. But usually there's movies. Uh, what else do we talk about? That's just a lot of things. She's very interesting. All of her links to everything are at the end of the episode. And this is a good one. This is like a good in-depth one. I really enjoy how this one came out. So give this one like a big proper listen, full-on listen. And um, yeah, Cat in the Hat is still the best movie of all time. <laughs> let's um, let's get into the episode. Rhiannon Evans, everyone. Well, I think that's um, what a lo- what a lovely way to start. We've had like three conversations before we've even begun. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. I I feel uh, very easy to talk to. I'll say that. I feel a lot. I feel really calm. So that's good. <laughs> there we go. Very calm. Everyone, say hello. To Rhiannon. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. She's here. She's my guest. She's a bit nervous. So everyone, please leave nice comments. There's been no comments, so it's fine. No one's gonna. Leave a comment. Um, it's fine. <laughs> the engagement's been really great. Uh, we got 21 views on the first episode, which is fantastic. Yeah. My audience yeah, retention numbers are about three people watched the whole thing, so that's not bad. That's probably me, one of them, because I watched the whole thing and I was like, I want to know what I'm getting. My like anxiety was like, what are you getting yourself into? And I was like, uh, okay, I'll watch the thing. And then I was like, oh, it's a podcast where you like calm down, and it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was probably like you ryan the dude in it i didn't even watch it the whole way through it's probably like my friend or something who, who like just I, put it on the background do you watch your stuff after or like are you one of those people who are like i can't watch my stuff after like i or it's like i instantly like want to crawl into a ball i'm pretty used to it at this point like so when i'm rec- like right now when i'm recording my um my headphones i have them monitored through my mm. microphone so i can hear myself talking so i've gotten pretty used to how i sound i hate how i look but that's just like a personal thing um oh, i'm sure you look lovely <laughs> i'm sure i don't but um <laughs> um so it's like I, I um i always have issues with that like that sort of stuff i'm always like oh god like that angle makes me look fat or like my nose looks too big or something um but i think like that's normal stuff but when it comes to like voice and actually um the way i behave and like talking that sort of stuff i have no issue with those anymore which is pretty nice actually no, yeah, and, like, you have this accent, so, like, people, like, especially, like, North Americans, like, oh, he has an accent, it's, like, uh-huh. you know, like, they're instantly tuned in, in that sort of sense, and, um, like, I'm the opposite, I don't like the way I sound, I think I sound like I'm six years old, um, <laughs> and, like, I have this really high-pitched, squeaky voice, but in my head, I think I have, like, this deep, raspy, like, mysterious voice, and then when I look at, like, I have, like, um, I guess I could go a bit into my past, and, like, because, um, I'll say this now, it's like, I am not, like, I just started going into film this year, I'll say that, because I was in theater most of high school, and, like, that that was my niche, I was in theater, I did technical theater, was usually the big thing, and then I also did improv, uh, improv, improv, or improvisational theater, yeah, and, uh, and then I also did a couple one acts here and there for drama class, and then, I also directed a one act this year, which was a lot of fun. So I, I'm a very, I'm a huge theater geek in that sort of sense, but I also like I really like film as well. Like I've always liked watching them and I've always thought 
this is like a legit career I could probably go into. And I thought, what are my options? And I was thinking, well, should I go into theater? And then, well, fun fact, it's really hard to get a job in technical theater. Um, <laughs> and also like, it, like the like the program that would I would have to go into to do it was like four years and I was like I don't want to do something I'm unsure about for four years and then that's kind of why I chose state because I'm like oh it's two years if I hate it I'll learn something from it most likely and then I'll move on you know yeah well and, and if I you're not gonna have to go in much either at the moment no not at the moment it's all online which I was a bit I am a bit bummed about because like I am an extrovert and I like quarantine has been so hard to like retain like I, I love going out I love talking to people and so it's just it's so like now it's like freshman year of like post-secondary and now it's like shit I don't get to talk to anyone <laughs> or like I don't get this well I'm sure we'll see each other at some point or whatever right but it just feels like oh I'll be in a room by myself because I'm going into res oh alone, okay so that's <laughs> that's, a, that's actually why why did you choose to still into go into res is it just because of location where you live yeah i uh i mean i could say where i live well you don't uh, have to i'm from red yeah. i'm from a place with the initials rd and you can guess i don't know it's it's smack dab in, in between edmonton and calgary and so it's an hour to two hours away um from so yeah there's that and also i don't drive so <laughs> oh okay so <laughs> like, that's a big have... problem yeah, and so I got my learners this year. Like, I'm nice. so behind. Congrats. Um, and s thank you, mainly for ID. That's why I got it. Because <laughs> I was like, because um, I was like, well, you're gonna be turning 18 soon. You should probably instead of bringing your passport to the pub, probably get a proper ID. So I was like, okay, four tries, but I did it, which is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so it was just kind of like, and then also. I really just want to leave my parents' house. Like, I oh, fair enough. just want to move out. Like, and my parents are the same. My parents are like, get her out, get her out, get her out, get her out, you know? <laughs> In the sense of, like, you know, you need, like, it's obvious with my mom. She's like, you are ready to leave. And I was like, yeah, I am. And so, I, and I already paid the deposit as well. So I was just like, you know, just go for it. And if, and if you know, shit hits the fan, then, you know, I can come back home, I guess. But, yeah, I just chose to stay in res. That's pretty that's pretty fair. I was hoping to go into res as well, but I I just live in Cochrane, so I'm really quite close to um to the to Oh the yeah. And I can drive. So, I shouldn't have too much of an issue getting there. Um but it does kind of suck because it does mean you miss out on that sort of um but what you'll get like a quarter percent of the experience, but yeah. It's not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to like hang out in people's houses like rooms you're not gonna be able to like go to like the, all of the public bits and do fun stuff with people and meet peeps wait i don't get a roommate anymore either i wanted a roommate so then i would have like someone to talk to at least before i didn't now i don't have that really i oh i could i was in a two-person place but i just didn't <laughs> to be perfectly honest i didn't want a roommate <laughs> well it's cheaper as well to have a roommate like you could like go for four person because i don't know if i can handle that many people in a in like in a very small shoebox room for like very long so like okay i'll get a two person it'll be fine and then now they're like oh so sorry because people so many people like dropped out of res so now it's like less of us and so
new room in this new city with no one. Have fun. Have a good time. And it's like, right. well, it shouldn't be too bad. I was, I, I had already thought of um when I saw all of the things in the schedules, I'd already thought of some like fun things to be like, yo, let's do like outside of classes, like yeah, get like do outside stuff. projects and stuff. Yeah, like uh oh, like hey, I found this new spot downtown or wherever. <laughs> well, I I was also thinking because of the fact that we might not be doing as many um in person like projects like films and that sort of stuff. Uh, also, we'll have to wait and see about that because I would assume the first week of uh, school and like the first almost whole month is probably mostly theory. But um, I was thinking like if we get into like November, um, October, November, December, and uh, we still haven't like done any projects yet, I was thinking of just like setting up a small group of people who want to be together and like work on stuff and then like making some shorts outside of the school so we still get to make stuff because like that's my big thing is I just want to make things and it kind of sucks yeah, get that it's going to be so limited get that creative itch kind of thing mm -hmm. right yeah well why do you think I dude, started this <laughs> exactly like same with like because um I when uh like I was the kind of person before everything shut down because I graduated high school this year and so my senior year of high school ended when corona broke out and so my entire world came to a halt because um I was, and again, I'm still the kind of person if like, if my schedule is not like balls to the wall filled and I am not hating myself by the end of the day, I can't function. It's like, I like, I had all my classes and then I was like in drama and I was directing a one act and I was performing in one as an understudy. And, you know, I was helping out with other one acts doing tech and stuff. Um, and then all that changed. And then my one act had to be done over a Zoom call. And I was so upset because I like, and like with these one acts, I don't know what if what it's like in like Cochrane, obviously, but where I'm from, the central Alberta like schools, we have a festival that happens with these one acts. So yeah, we um, all go. my school went to your guys. I think we won it maybe last year or the Probably. year. Probably. Hunting's it was never Cochrane won. High. <laughs> it was Cochrane High School. I think we won a couple. Yeah, probably, because um, my school, uh, Hunting Hills, uh, has never been, has never won in that festival or been to, like, the provincials. And, oh, like, I was, I know, and then I, like, I was so, I was thinking, because you get awards, and I was, I worked so hard on my one act, and I was thinking, I, like, in my head, I was thinking, I could legit win something. Like, I was so proud of it, and I was like, you know, I think I have a good chance of winning either Best Director or, like, one of my actors winning something at the, you know because they were phenomenal and then it was over a zoom call and I didn't get to do that it was still fine but like I'm just thinking like ugh, I if I like totally would make it into a short because I love it so much the story well what is um, it it's it's my kingdom for a date hold on I have the script like right here because I stole gonna, it do a live table read uh, no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I remember because I was thinking of originally I had so many plans for this project because it's like your senior project and it's like a big thing. And so I was thinking, should I write one or should I choose one that I liked and do that? So I kind of wrote one, but then I found this and I was like, this is better than what I wrote. <laughs> and it's called My Kingdom for a Date. It's by Shirley uh, Ulam. And it's essentially about these three boys named Bart, Chewie, and Ace. And they're trying to figure out how to get dates to the sportsman's ball. And I was reading it and they say, and like, I'm assuming this was written in the seventies because a lot of the references are in that time period. 
and I was um and so I was like oh my then it's then for me because I, I I'm a sucker for like the 70s 80s aesthetics so I was like oh instantly that's what we're doing I want to do that and but I just hated how these boys were defining the girls they wanted to ask out and like they were just talking about women horrendously but like for like I'm the kind of person like if a script challenges me then I'm gonna do it like if it, it like like if morally if I like don't like it I'm gonna do it <laughs> oh, okay and so I went to my teacher and I was like how do I put a spin on this to make it more like, I don't want to just do this one act and be like, oh, it's a comedy. It's funny. People laugh. Give me prize. It's I wanted to make something more of it. And so he was like, oh, why don't you just cast girls like do it like Shakespeare style and cast girls to play the men. And I was like, that's genius. I'm doing that. So I had these three girls and they were phenomenal Ugh, and they were so lovely. And they uh, and I was just and I just love it so much. And just it's pure comedy like it's just it's so funny i don't know what it is but the moment you gender flip it in a weird way it becomes funny yeah <laughs> and, well, you and get like that sort that... of um odd aesthetic to it because people aren't expecting it no and like i um and it was just kind of like i don't i don't know how to describe it. i'm trying to find the words but it was just like i wanted it to have an underlying message like i didn't just want it to be haha ha, funny like I said I wanted to have this message of uh, like of just having the audience think especially in theater you always want your and I think in film as well it's the same you always want you, you kind of want to have the goal of your audience to think about what they just saw <laughs> and, <laughs> tell, tell, tell I, that to like I, the I, big movies I know and like I'm always like I want my like every time I make something it's like I want my audience to leave with something at least even if it's oh this made me feel good because it was a comedy and it made me laugh even if it's the simplest like that I always want my audience to leave with something after I've put it out there um with film and with theater I've always wanted to do that and so um with this I wanted it to be like a kind of a middle finger to um kind of like how male um Again, I don't want to sound this like super sexist, but weirdly enough, film and theater has a very high male, uh, I don't want to say population, but it's a very, it's a dominant male field. And so I, and this was after the Oscars. Um, and then it was just after the Oscars and I watched it. And for some reason, like having no female nominees for best director made me feel like it, it impacted me more than I thought it would because I used to be the kind of person where it was like who cares we should just um you know you know judge them on their work but it's like there's been like 448 nominees for best mm -hmm. director and only five of them have been women and, and when, how many have won like one one two? one woman has won it's just, <laughs> it's just Catherine Bigelow right yes it's just Catherine and it, I well deserved <laughs> But it may like with the, and that happened, and I was just like, I'm not saying that like the movies that were nominated, or the directors that were nominated for best director are Minus shit. Green and Book. I'm not saying, yeah. <laughs> um, it was yeah, it, it affected me more than I thought it would. So I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna do my this one act as a little middle finger to the whole, like, like I wanted to put a space for female like creators in like in this theater festival it's pretty cool and i want yeah and i just wanted to like have my audience think of like oh why is it like weird or like because you know or like why is it different that now that she's casted female as males and you know then how would this be if it was dudes playing 
these dudes. <laughs> I like that as an idea. I was just trying to think about what I would have done. I probably would have cast it as dudes, but they're objectifying other dudes because I think that would be... Um, That's also interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I would have enjoyed Alberta. just writing the dialogue. I just, <laughs> oh, look at oh, his yeah. abs. <laughs> exactly. And like one of the lines, hold on, um, in this, because um, again, I didn't write this, but oh, what's one of the lines? It's like, um, oh, we like said something about like, come on, we'll, we'll like, come on, we're desperate. They don't have to be bow wows, but they can't be nuns either. Like, it's that kind of like tone. Of, and yeah, so you can tell this was written like forever ago, and also, um, I her, the lady died before putting her copyright in place, so I had oh, like a sucks. massive budget. <laughs> I know, and like the thing is that I could do it because it, it was free technically, so that's pretty I had good. A massive budget. When I yeah. did my um, when I did my, it wasn't really a one act. When I did my um, grade twelve um, sort of like directing for um drama i went ahead and um because because i'm I, i'm someone who like hates conformity in any sense mm -hmm. of the imagination so what Girl i did same. was <laughs> <laughs> so, so what so what i did was i just went okay well how, how can i just destroy the um the concept of um theater as much as possible in like a really spiteful way probably too much because it wasn't very good um i called it uh what did i call it? i called it uh, a night out of the at the theater and it was basically just like you take elements of like british pantomime oh and then, lovely and then um like just stupid sort of like stoner-esque comedy bits and then audience <laughs> inter and then audience interaction without them knowing that they were going to be part of the show so i i like I never got a chance to do it because um, none of the the people, all of the classes that were gonna come, they had like a field trip that day, so I had to do it to like an uh, an absent audience, which sucked because the whole premise like was based around having a giant audience. But um, basically, what I was gonna have was have my um, my actors come in with the audience and then just like sit down in like generalized oh, areas where I had the lights, okay. so that they wouldn't know like who is an actor and who isn't an actor, and then all of these different scenarios would like pop up in between and everything and it was just like by the end of it i never got a chance to like like realize my true vision but i just wanted it to turn into like a giant like fight at the end where it was just people like fighting each other like up and down the stairs of the bleachers we had and then just like on the stage and people just screaming and yelling there's loud rock music playing over top and then that's just it oh, that's, that's the awesome. entire show um oh, that's awesome. but i never got a chance to do it i would have loved to have do done that i think it was such a fun stupid like all the people who did it were like why are you writing this because i wrote it myself and i'm like because i don't care like <laughs> like I, like yeah, I, okay. i'm not a big theater guy and i'm like i don't really like super i'm not super super into like um like drama and acting and that sort of stuff so i was like well then how do i make it funny and interesting for me and i'm like okay well i'll just destroy it like absolutely eviscerate every single rule and concept possible <laughs> Yeah, like, like, that's the, like, and that's the beauty of film and theater for me personally, because, like, and in improv, oh my god, like, when I, um, did improv, um, <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I don't mean to toot my own horn, but, um, I was on an improv team in my school, Ooh. and I know, and we got to perform at the Canadian Improv Games, and we ended up going to provincials in Ottawa, we didn't win, sadly, but it was, awesome and also uh sandra oh the famous actress from tv shows like Grey's anatomy and killing eve also did it when she was in high school 
Oh, so cool. it was kind of it was surreal to be like I'm on the same stage as Sandra. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> and um and just like when you do improv and theater and film, you're given all these rules, but no one says you have to conform to those rules. You could just say, you know what, I don't like it, and then do your own thing, which I really like. But it's just that grounding that gives you the momentum to make something creative, and that's what I always did like about theater is that. I couldn't break my own rules, especially with improv, is that I could create and break my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, because I, 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 cause, cause I like that idea of just like not having to follow any of the rules. But I think what I find interesting is when you see people who do that, so I'm thinking people like David Lynch and sort of like yeah. more surrealist films, or even something like uh, The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers sort of breaks mm-hmm. some rules you have to really commit to what you're doing because if you don't 100% commit to just demolishing those like barriers put up by traditional and it's just going to be awkward i find it awkward when people don't yeah. full, don't full send <laughs> yeah well, it's going to be a shell of its um true intention it's not going to be this groundbreaking masterpiece like a like something like a razor head when where everyone's like when you watch it you're like what is like what am i what is this but it's actually like it's so influential and so important to cinema itself. Even something like 2001. Oh, that's the name of the podcast. Um, that's where the name comes from. Uh, it's my favorite I've movie. I've never seen. I've never seen it. I'm so sorry. Oh. I've never. Seen it. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I just. All right, again, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, fantastic episode. Um, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. Uh, I'm uh, never talking to this girl again. She's out. <laughs> like... <laughs> You're uncultured. But I uh, no, I should, um, you should. Um, but I think something like two thousand one, when you see it, is um, also very sort of like destructive when it comes to structure and what is supposed to be a movie. Because like the first what twenty to thirty minutes is intro, monkeys, and then flying around in space. That's it. But it's fantastic. Yeah. It's like the, you know, it's like, well, it, the monkeys remind me of um in, in the improv biz when you just kind of throw something wacky in there or like just like break the rules. We call it monkey wrenching. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, so it kind of made me think about that where it's like, and I, I would do it sometimes, um but I would have fellow performers that would do it all the time. And if they would fully commit to it. And then it made the audience laugh, and it w- and it was funny, and it was entertaining. So and that kind of relates to, I guess, film in a way. When you do break those rules, you have to go for it, like yeah. every time. You do. I had a um when I was doing improv and drama, I had a a friend who I've done some. Uh, he's the dude in the shorts that I've made. The one with like a, if you if you go watch them like nineteen eleven, um, long live the king and Dasani ad trademark parody. Um, he's he's he was I've like the main. I've seen the Dasani one. Yeah, so, it's really good. <laughs> so that guy running, that's like um my my one of my best friends from high school who I unfortunately don't talk to very much anymore. Um, but he and I had like the perfect chemistry when it came to improv because it was like he just threw something out, but most of the time it was I was throwing something stupid out, and we just were like, go, go for it, like it was just absolutely full send. So. Yeah, I I yeah I get what yeah. you're saying about like the improv stuff. You really got a full and and with filmmaking. Oh yeah, full you've got to commit and like even and like I can just hear my coach again. Improv, we had a coach, crazy, <laughs> um, and she would just she would just like if you're gonna do it, commit. Like, and I think that can go with anything in life, really. Like, 
I like after doing improv, I now like I always try to go for it, just like full, like commit to it. If you're gonna do something, commit. Don't you know? Don't chicken out or whatever. And like with film, I think you got to do that, especially um, if you're gonna you know make something that's kind of out of left field. You always yeah. you know it's it, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, um. I just recently saw a movie. Um, I'm gonna have to search it up real quick so I can get the name correctly. You know who um Ari Aster is? Yes. Um. Uh. So they made Hereditary, but there is um. Where is their short film? Oh yeah, they made. I think I know what you're talking about, but I can't uh, think the of the name. The strange things about the Johnsons. That yes. one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I watched that recently. Oh my god. Um. One horrific. I never thought I could see something <laughs> so like horrific. <laughs> that isn't a true horror movie like it's it's genuinely scarier than anything i've ever watched when it comes to like spooky scary movies but that for me is a perfect example of something that really if he if he didn't full send on a film like that it would have come across as just like inappropriate and sort of um not i don't know how else yeah i just i guess just inappropriate but like when you when you really full send like he did with like the metaphor of everything when you come out of the film, if you've actually engaged with it, you go, oh my god, it's so much deeper than the um, the surface level film itself. Like, the message is so much deeper. I can't me- I can't really mention what it is, or I think I might get myself demonetized by YouTube, so I won't oh, yeah. thinking about it, but um, yeah, We really won't good. offend Susan. <laughs> Take that, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I'll have to take a look at it because I heard about it and I've been meeting like right now I have like a because like I was so anxious I was like because I wouldn't in like the group chat that we're in on Facebook um and like you guys are talking about movies and I was just thinking I am way over my head I thought I knew so much because like when you're talking to theater kids about film they think like you're like you like you're a film genius because well obviously like the people that I was talking to weren't as passionate about like technical theater or film like I was so like I was kind of surrounded by that kind of and when I would talk about it um and like critically think about films that we'd watched and stuff granted my friends and I we only watch shitty films except for like Baby Driver the one time we went to go see Baby Driver and we all actually enjoyed it (laughs) that's Um, a very different group of friends to me because like for me and my friend group and on uh, I have like the same experiences in theater. All the kids around me in theater were only into like musicals and stuff. And I'm like, you guys, do you guys just not watch movies? But um, in my group of friends, we uh, and because of me, basically, I only go and like watch other than like getting drunk and doing stuff on like watching stuff on Netflix. I only ever watch good movies. So like the last thing I went to make them go watch was like Interstellar, and when we and in the cinemas uh, at Landmark Cinemas in uh, Calgary, and when we got to the end of it like one person was crying one person was like almost hyperventilating because it was so intense my heart was like racing a million miles an hour and like just absolutely hypnotized and then my other friend was like yeah i love this movie it's really good so scooch him out oh of the yeah way. but like but like oh. <laughs> like no me and my friends like i have a good friend of mine and she loves like me and her, we love watching like commentary. Like there's a YouTube channel called Pretty Much It that we watch quite often, and um, we do that go all tigers. the time. Like if it's not, yeah, go Tigers! Like I did. Oh my God! Don't even <laughs> get me started on the reasons why we would be here for hours. Let's just not. <laughs> um, 
it's just and so like we would do that like i remember um like i think recently the last time we watched like a really bad movie was like the kissing booth oh and we were going to but we decided not to <laughs> even for us it was too bad it's not good and like i watched it sober <laughs> and like even then it's just like oh my god and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because obviously it's not for the demographic for you or i who are out like just out of outside of high school and like becoming adults i guess if you can say that <laughs> Dude, i've been an adult for almost two years now Oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. Are you, you're probably older than me. I'm hey? 19. <laughs> I'm old. Oh, I'm turning uh, 18 in uh, eight days now. Yeah, eight days. Oh, exciting. So I'm 17 as of recording this. I'm, I'm so young. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you'll be 18 by the time this podcast comes out. So that's really cool. I will, which is pretty awesome. Um, But uh, no, and it's just like, and obviously this movie is not like my demographic at all. It's meant for like I'm assuming like tweens and like young teens, like freshmen, like like, 13, like I'm guessing the age 14. range is like 13, 14. Yeah. And there's a scene in it where the where the main girl, I don't know any of their names because I don't care. <laughs> and where the main girl's like leaving the guy that she was with and he's just like, get in the car, get in the car. And he hits the car, like bangs it. And he just yells, get in the car. And she reluctantly does. And I'm like, if this is the message that you're giving out to young girls, that this is okay. Uh, like my mind, like my mind's like going, holy. And like, that isn't the first time I've seen films like like me and my friends see films like that all the time and it's the same kind of thing it's like and like again it's for young girls and then young girls see this shit and they think that's normal and it's not normal people don't realize how much film can influence a young audience or like influence people in general it can influence them in a positive way or it can influence them in a very negative way because like a lot of like a young girl has like a shitty boyfriend and does the same shit he does and she sees she's like oh my god that's so relatable it's like us it's like no girl run <laughs> like it's like get out <laughs> it's like and like and again i'm probably getting a bit more political here with like women in film but like it's i see that like all the time and like it's always like i don't know this is a really shitty example but like suicide squad and birds of prey um Two by the way neither neither terrible movies i know so bad but i will say birds of prey is slight very slightly better than suicide squad i have to take your word for it i use that term lightly <laughs> like slightly um in the fact that like we see this happen where suicide squad was directed by a man and i'm not saying just because it was directed by a man it's a bad movie it's a bad movie because of so many other reasons but if we look at the harry the character of harley quinn and like she was she was kind of put there to be this kind of and she is a sexualized character from the get-go and i get that but like her, her entire character was is i love the joker i need to be with the joker and i'm just gonna dress scandalously while kick while kick ass and it's like that's good and all if you write it correctly i'm not saying that like just because you want to have like a sexualized woman in your film who kicks ass we've seen that multiple times done right but in suicide squad it's not it, it, just the way it was written it, it's like it's obviously like it was a whole bunch of dudes in a writing room being like oh let's just have her be funny sometimes even though she was <laughs> not funny i found her extremely annoying <laughs> i mean i found it and to be the most interesting part of suicide squad because she was the only actual 
which is weird because I I do slightly disagree with that. I would think she's the only person with actual characterization in that entire movie. That is true, but then again, I just I think it's just because of Margot Robbie's performance and the the voice. I think after like an hour in, it's like, oh, this hurts. Well, <laughs> like, like an hour in, everyone's plot like like story arcs are over, so you just sort of yeah. lose the whole point of the entire movie. That is true. We we shouldn't be giving Suicide Squad any praise, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was written in six weeks. The entire script. Really? Oh, yeah. that explains it then. That oh, explains yeah. why I'm like this. And like, literally, it, yeah. So clearly, it was like six dudes, six weeks. Let's write Harley Quinn as like, and I love, and I like, I loved Harley Quinn growing up, and like, I really liked reading her comics and stuff. So of course, I was super pumped when Suicide Squad was going to come out. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it, and I was like, this isn't the Harley Quinn I know and love. This is just a sexualized person who like this needs, a, a who Will like Smith needs movie. the joke. It is. That's it. <laughs> and like with Birds of Prey, it's only slightly better because, like, you kind of see the shift between of like the whole like there's there's obviously like a very male predominant like a huge male. I don't know what the word to use, but presence. you can kind of guess what I'm presence. Thank you. Um, versus where it was a female director with Birds of Prey, and like, granted, it's not as good, and um. But you can kind of see the shift of like, oh, the director is actually trying to make you care about Harley now versus in the Suicide Squad. It was just like, she uh, does funny joke and sometimes does flips. Like, that was it. Well, there's some good plots in the comic books surrounding Harley Quinn. And there's also some good ones where she, um, like, dumps the Joker. I'm, I'm wondering if, I'm guessing that's probably the inspiration for Birds of Prey. Yeah, but in Birds of Prey, the Joker dumped her, and so she's depressed, which I guess gives her motivation to become better, which is good. I, you know, I'm not As saying you say, that's that one's an thing. interesting, but I think it would have been uh, more empowering if she dumped him, because then oh, she's yeah. like starting anew. Because um, what did they do in the Harley Quinn show? Did she dump the Joker in the Harley Quinn show? I, I think remember. she does from the last. I think she does. And then she gets together with Poison Ivy, I think. Yeah, which honestly, that show is good. <laughs> that show is that show is good Harley Quinn. Um, material because that understands the character because mm-hmm. you know it's she's it, like she's uh you know she's just she's a fun character and i think with those two movies they really tried to play the oh she's fun with just like her with just like so much just she they overdid it at some points and they underdid it at other points i think where yeah. like the tone was a I little inappropriate for the film yes yes exactly but yeah, that's my two cents of, like, when, you know, of how, like, it can really impact you. Especially, like, and, like going into this and, like, seeing, like, our classmates and stuff. And it is true that there is a lot of dudes in our class. It's mostly dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I saw the group chat and I was like, oh, wow, okay. And, like, I'm not opposed to working with dudes. I'm not, like, a fe- like I'm not, like, you know, what people think I am, where it's, like, oh, you hate all men. I don't. I, you know, men are all right. But, you know, it's the fact of, because I've been in the technical theater world where it can be quite similar because, again, it's male dominant. And when you are a woman in this kind of field, you feel like you have to, like, do 10 times more all the time. Um, And, you know, I don't want to go into this new program thinking, oh, I have to work twice as hard as all these dudes and I have to be better. It's like, no, I don't want to be better than you. I just want to be on the same playing field, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. 
I mean, I want to be better than all of you guys, but that's just me personally. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, and it's just kind of, um, mm -hmm. and again, I growing up in like Alberta as well, where the mindset is quite small in the <laughs> sense of. Tell me about it. Yeah, where it's like where I was saying I wanted to go into film and like people, you know, not all, not a whole bunch of people, but one odd one or two people would say like, oh, but you know, you're just going to like, you know, become a PA or you're going to become an assistant to something because that's all you can do. Cause you are, you know, cause they were like, it's a male dominated field. You're, you'll never get ahead. And it's oh, like, I thought they were just talking about in general because I was like, I mean, that's pretty true. Most people probably will just end up some sort of assistant because it's a hard yeah, business to get into. It is, but just in like, but just because saying that because it's, but because people are saying, oh, it's a male, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a guys' club. It's mm -hmm. it's sucky because, and now I'm like, no, I'm gonna rule roost. <laughs> and like, I that was even said when I was doing theater tech because when I first got into it in my high school. I started out in makeup and costumes and I love it. And I still love makeup and costumes. It's if like, even if that will end up being my job, even though it's not my main, like what I want to be, I do want to be a director. Um, I'd still be happy with it because I still get to create and stuff. Um, so I was like an assistant in um, costumes and makeup. And then in my second year, I was head of costumes and makeup, which was a lot of fun because we did a show called She Kills Monsters and it's based in the 80s and it's like Dungeons and Dragons. And I got to make oh, like fun. elven clothes and I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and then this year, finally, uh, for our big musical production, I was put as stage manager, which is just down from director, obviously, because the director is the teacher because it's high school. But I this is lame. It was... Let the students actually direct it. <laughs> Oh my god, I would never trust any of, my, any of the kids in my class to direct a whole ass musical. <laughs> Holy no. <laughs> and then again, it, maybe if you are someone who is good at that shit, then go for it. But I don't know. I My teacher was great. We had a close relationship. He was awesome. And he had acting experience as well in film and theater, which oh, is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Freddie. He's in Vancouver now because he moved. What's up, Freddie? But fredster <laughs> mr fredrickson freddy whatever you want to be called he had a dog i took care of his dog sometimes that was fun but they called it freddy? was uh, no he was called remus because he was a huge harry potter fan <laughs> oh okay yeah okay fair enough yeah um but um but i got to be stage manager and i had like two assistant stage managers who were two girls and that was a lot of fun in the sense of i like got because I am that kind of person, like, I like to have control over things. Mm -hmm. um, and then that could just because my my anxiety, because it's like, if things are out of my control, I get, like, super nervous about it. And, like, I don't know how the hell it's going to turn out. <laughs> um, but with the sense of, uh, I finally got to, like, control how this musical is going to look. And, like, I got to work with someone, you know, as a, especially as a teacher, as like a mentor who like really like helped me out figuring out that, oh, you know, you should go into film because you enjoy this shit. And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and so that was a lot of fun. And like, I got to like, you know, be in control for once. And I got to like, have a spot at the table for a metaphor, I guess, and like get to actually have my input. And then directing a one act was just like the icing on the cake because I was like, holy shit. I get to like have full creative control over something. Yep. 
which it was something I was rarely used to unless I was doing improv. But then again, improv, you make it on the spot. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily a whole production, but still I, I like having creative control. And I think that's why I would like to be a director or like head of some department. <laughs> yeah, just be like the head of, I don't know, production. Yeah. That'd and be like, fun. Yeah, even then, like, I just want to be able to, like, creatively make something, and even collaborate, I'm not, this makes me sound like I'm such, like, I will, I will not collaborate with anyone, I want full control, no, I can openly oh, a bit collaborate. Here, boys. <laughs> uh, I can some banners openly... are gonna start going up, we're gonna get some TT <laughs> torches out here soon, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, I, like, I would like to collaborate with people and, like, make something creatively and you know even just to put my ideas on there because i'm not used to that being able to like put my input in that's and that could be because you know that could be because i'm a girl going into a dominated film field or it's because uh, i don't know i guess i just don't vibe with people (laughs) maybe not maybe not i mean i find the whole i find working with other people really cool and fun i just sometimes find um and this mostly comes to writing because that's like my biggest passion minus Actually, making films is my writing. I take a lot of um, take a lot of pride in like how much I work on it, but um, I find that portion of the um filmmaking experience, the writing, quite hard to do in a collaborative way because I always try and like, I always end up just sort of bending my own sort of vision to someone else's uh, ideas because I don't want to like trample on their ideas, and I find that yeah. very difficult because then I get very upset that I sort of like butchered my own vision for something so I, I found myself to be quite a um um like isolated writer like I, I like writing things on my own but like obviously asking excuse me yeah, asking for, feedback. for like feedback and obviously I put it in the group chat um but then I, I but I don't like working on specifically that part with anyone else because I think it's a very um it's a very uh solitary um it can be a very job. intimate thing yeah like writing and that's what I found writing because originally before I chose this already wrote like this already this already made one act I was thinking of writing one mm-hmm. and I, I it's on a USB somewhere and like now I'm thinking about it, I would really like to make it into a short um it has no name but essentially I wanted it to be this kind of I wrote it to be out like this is gonna sound a bit weird but it was going to it was going to be set after these two people had a one night stand and one of them like this is their first time ever having a one night stand mm-hmm. and they were just kind of like feeling like like i don't know what to do in this moment and like obviously catching feelings for the person that they were with sort of thing while the other person is just like could you like get out mate i need to go do my grocery shopping <laughs> or something right and, like, I really like that idea of being on stage of, like, I was just going to, like, have a nightstand in a bed. And then that was going to be my set and that was going to be it. And just having these two characters talk about something that is very in- that was very intimate for one person but not so much for the other. And I would really, like, if I could, I would really like to make that into a short because it would be kind of interesting to see how that works. And then I couldn't do it as I told my teacher and he was like uh this is like a high school one act festival you can't do a one act about one night stands and i was like fine (laughs) dude we did a one act about concentration camps in nazi germany 
Well, like that's history, though, and you already learned that in school. Yeah, but, but I no, think, it was like, like anything brutal, that... though. That's the thing. Was like, it? it wasn't... Okay. Yeah, no, like, like we, like, we were like, if we were gonna do it, we're gonna go as like far as possible. Jeez, that's that's awesome. <laughs> not saying Nazis are awesome, <laughs> but like, the... <laughs> someone clip that quickly out of context. <laughs> no, just like ten years from now. That was awesome. Cancelled. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it will, like it will, it will come. It'll be like ET Canada. Be like. Rhiannon Evans, acclaimed film director, cancelled over comment on friggin' Fraser's stupid the 2001 podcast <laughs> 11 years ago. And it'll be literally just that voice clip of me going, yeah, we went like full on with our like Nazi concentration camp um, act uh, play. And then you're going to go, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that'll be the day. Hey, I mean, infamy's better than no... I mean, bad famous is better than no famous, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to disagree. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I don't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, if being in theaters taught me anything, if if there's a stage, get on it no matter what. But That's true. Uh, but <laughs> Especially but, if you're a yeah. criminal. If you're going to be like a bank robber, can you be like a fun, like flamboyant bank robber? Yeah, could you like show up like at, at like Scotiabank while I'm like, depositing my serb check and could you like have like a glitzy like pink glitter outfit and like a cool ass mask and like you know go for it because i yeah i'm getting i'm getting tired of these boring ass bank robbers i was gonna say like 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 crime these days is so lame and boring i want to go back to like that stylized 70s yeah mobster like kind of yeah, like, like italian new york yeah, yeah come on like, <laughs> what what happened like where like what happened like um the movie the movie public enemies uh by michael mann about john dillinger really great movie because it like is that sort of they walk into a bank and they're like we're here for the bank's money not your money you're not gonna lose <laughs> any money and they're just like so much cooler like no one does cool crime anymore everyone does boring crime no. Everyone does boring crime, but yeah, no. And I think also I would like to say baby driver also. Like if you got a dr- cool. getaway driver who has like, bam, like bam. Aw- awesome music, I'm in. <laughs> well, I see if I was like a, a, like a getaway driver, I would have to have awesome music because like I'm, Oh yeah. I, I have this like weird thing where, um, uh, I don't want to say I live my life like it's a movie, but like er- I, I think about filmmaking and like movies too much because, um, Every time, and you can ask my friends, every time there's, like, a little moment and there's some, like, music and it fits and, like, links up together, I'm like, dude, guys, this is, like, a film. This is, like, full-on film vibes right here. Like, I was driving around and it was, like, super warm and nice and I was playing uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys and it was just, like, I was, like, this is, like, a full-on, like, film end-of-movie vibe. Yeah, like, teen (laughs) beach movie vibe, yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) I I would have to play music as a getaway driver, but, but, but then I would probably end up getting caught because I'd be too busy trying to find the right song once like the first one ended I'd be like oh my god oh my god oh my god come on come on like right and they're like go drive it I'm like no 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 hold on hold on oh there it is okay turn on. <laughs> drive off again it's and then, like the cops are and then the people are just like for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty funny that'd be pretty but, good yeah I need like do you because you were talking about this on the uh like episode with Ryan um, about how like you get inspired by music and like I totally resonate with that like I get inspired by songs or by like lyrics a lot most of the time like recently I was listening to like somebody's watching me by Roxwell and like Michael Jackson <laughs> or it's and like that beat of like paranoia and like there's a lyric in there that it's like I'm afraid to wash my hair because I'm because if I turn around and someone's standing there like that like whole psycho kind of vibe and I was like 
holy shit, like, I want to make something kind of like that, but not necessarily like Psycho, but necessarily where it's like a character who is just paranoid out of their mind. And like, it would be either funny where it's like nothing to worry about at all, or it'd be like kind of like super psycho psychologically jarring. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I I really like music as an inspiration, but it has to, um, it's not like, so some music, I hear it and I'm like, oh, this would be cool for a scene, like just something, like a set piece or something, like a piece of music, I'm like, this would be great for like a shootout, but um, the music that will probably end up in my films if I ever make them um, is music that resonates a lot deeper than just sort of surface level, this is really cool, so it usually ends up being music that, um, like makes me think of something about myself and then when I think about that particular thing a lot more then I write it down because all of my scripts are you know they're just me right at the end of the day it's just parts of me so when you were saying about the whole that um play you wanted to do mm -hmm. I was gonna ask is that two separate people because if I were to do it it would actually be yeah they're two separate people but the um the sort of like metaphor that I'm pushing with that is that it's like one person fighting themselves in like sort of internally while they're doing it because I love stuff like that like um there's a something that I've been writing for quite a while now which is uh, a human person um <laughs> not really against the elements but like the elements and nature and like the world around them plays into a part yeah. in trying to stop them achieving what they want to do but yeah. it's not but it's more like, yeah, it's more metaphorical than that because obviously the weather's not going to like try and stop you from doing something. It just, it's in the context of the story because it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, when I wrote it, I didn't necessarily think of that. And that's actually really interesting. I wrote it because um, I like, I didn't necessarily have a one night stand, but, well, I didn't have a one night stand. I'll say that. Um, but I was, uh, I was, um, in a, kind of in a weird relationship with someone at the time and this is quite per it's not quite personal but I was in a relationship at the time and it was clear that this person kind of was like yeah this was fun but I didn't want anything serious while I on the other hand wanted something serious and I kind of wrote that to like get it out there and just kind of like it's like kind of therapy in a way and it was just kind of like the whole thing of like the question of like and, you know, obviously that person was going through some stuff and I was going through some stuff, but it was just kind of the whole feeling of like, why doesn't this person reciprocate the same feelings in that way? And I just kind of wrote it to be this kind of one night stand because I don't know why. I was just like, what if they were total strangers? Like they didn't know each other beforehand and they, these two people were total strangers and they had a one night stand. One of them was hoping it was going to be standard, normal, like nothing serious, no strings attached, you know, get out the door you know but then this other person is like oh this was something very intimate for me and now I don't understand why I can't let go it was that that kind of thing and that's why I wrote it I do kind of use writing as therapy and I think most people do as well um but yeah I just kind of I, I just kind of did that because I wanted just kind of like appear into like the human psyche i don't know if that makes any sense but you know <laughs> the human condition kinda, yeah and just like you don't you know you you don't kind of see that stuff a whole lot especially in when i wrote it as a stage play but as a short i definitely would change a couple stuff to be not so kind of surface level i probably would go deeper with it for sure and that's something i've always struggled with with writing just in general like i'm not 
I wasn't super good in English when it came to just standard like creative writing or essay writing. I never really figured out how to dig deep because I, I think it's because I would like get scared. I'd be like, I don't want to release anything about myself <laughs> onto yeah, this paper fair. for my teacher to see. And so I just kind of went with the standard, like, yeah, this is surface level. The guy caught the fish because the fish represents his morality or something, or right? Um, and so I just kind of wrote it um, just kind of surface level because I didn't want to, again, like I was very scared to reveal something about myself, even though when I wrote it, it was about, you know, me and this other person. So necessarily I like, I had a crush. He didn't like me back. And I was like, what? How could you not? <laughs> and that's why you hate men. No, it's... <laughs> We've gone yes, to the bottom I... of it, folks. I hate all men because one guy <laughs> who I look back at now who is totally just like I look back at it and I'm like you are such it was, it was I was like you know I look back at it and I'm like you were stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no, that's obviously this person didn't want to be with you because of the shit they were going through or also because generally they weren't that nice of a person yeah and so I find that interesting yeah. because you do get uh especially men who who do genuinely think like that they get like the one person rejects them and like all women are like incels all women are yeah. evil <laughs> and i love those that's people because i think they're so funny that's a running joke with me and my friends that i have a phobia of incels because <laughs> 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 like i watched this one documentary <laughs> i watched this like one short document it was by vice which was my first mistake i don't know vice does some pretty oh. decent oh hold on let's go on a series. real quick tangent Real okay. qu- hold on, we'll get back to your thing. Sorry. Um, so I've been watching a ton of Vice. Mm-hmm. And um, for my friends who are listening, they'll know how much I've been complaining about Vice. Because there is a um there's a like there's an there's a very clear line of when Vice was really good and then when Vice got really terrible. And I think it was about seven years ago. <laughs> Cause you can see it in the way their titles are written. You go from Vice's guide to like North Korea or like we went to like some uh was it like the Pakistani black market for guns and then like the year after that you get the first episode of something something like what was it like oh I'm trying to remember what was it I can't remember exactly what it was but like some of the other ones you get like a couple years later were like um polygamist uh crack using unicorns in london and you're like hold on <laughs> hold on a second and they've just gotten progressively worse like there was one yesterday i saw which was um what was it called it was something something uh getting a designer vagina what was it but it was like just from a title about, yeah, yeah just from the title alone i'm like why did you do a documentary who why <laughs> what are you do like vice yeah. what are you doing it's like and you see that and like it's people with like buzzfeed because when i was thinking oh go into film and i was like i totally thought like journalism could be a thing from your like viral video creating because that's like a thing and it's in in of itself and like i was like that could be a legit thing i would i wouldn't mind getting into especially if i could have full again full creative control of like what yeah that'd be pretty of- fun Cause- yeah, because I do want to make documentaries. Uh, that's another thing I was I, I'm really interested in, and like I because I, I I love watching them. Um, like I watched Thirteenth Reach recently, and I fucking loved it. Like I watched it with my mom, and like it, like 
exploded my mind. And for the people that are like, oh, if you're watching 13th to face your white guilt, you're not like, yeah, you kind of are. But it also puts everything so much into perspective. And like this and like the documentary came out a year ago. <laughs> and like, I have not it's seen so it, relevant. So. It's so good. I highly recommend the soundtrack slaps. It's so good. <laughs> and it doesn't bore you to death. That's the one thing, a huge pet peeve about documentary with me. It's like, like when in social, when we had to watch a documentary about the 2008 housing crisis, and like it was, it was narrated by Matt Damon. I can't remember what it's called, but it just bored the ever loving hell out of me because it was just a bunch of dudes talking about how the big banks of America were corrupt. And it's like, sis, we've been new <laughs> that the banks are corrupt. To be fair, I found like, that you don't super need to interesting. Tell me twice. <laughs> I love learning about politics and economics. So I actually found that really interesting. Oh, I sound like a boring person. Uh no, no, no. Like, I, like, the thing, like, I'm, inter- I got interested, like, I mentioned in that shit as well. But I don't know, just that one documentary I was like, uh, oh, fair enough. Like again, it was a, maybe because it was in a school setting, and like yeah, I was just any like, movie I I've <laughs> ever seen in a school setting, I've absolutely despised, <laughs> and like can never rewatch. Like the worst one is that Blindside movie. I hate that movie so much. With like uh, Sandra Bullock and that other dude. Sandra is Bullock. That what... And like the big black guy. Yeah. I yeah. hate. I hate that movie. It's so bad. <laughs> And we watched it like four times because I'm like, this is like a true inspirational story. I'm like, what is inspirational about this? I don't. It was the way that the movie is like actually written and structured and everything. They never yeah, actually show actually... anything inspiring. They just show like, no. ah, he's poor. Ah, he's living with it's these a... people now. Ah, he's playing football. And you're like, it's okay. a white savior movie though. It really yeah. is. It's a white savior movie where it's like this southern white lady, aka Sandra Bullock, saves this black man it's like okay it's same with the help like i like after like the whole like like black lives matter protest like really took off this year and like the number one film on netflix for a second was the help and i was like if you are using the help as a reference to educate yourself on this no don't do it don't like the help is like one of the worst movies if you're trying to figure out how to educate yourself on this subject because it's it's legit it's a white woman writes about these writes about the help um and then saves and then racism is over saves it it's like no i mean if you're just gonna watch something that's like truly from another sort of like cultural perspective watch something by someone in that community so like exactly if you want to watch something that's like truly foreign watch an actual foreign movie if you want to watch something actually about those specific issues watch anything by spike lee basically yeah oh my god black Klansman. I loved. I love that movie. Not seen. Oh my god! It's. I'm not a big Spike fan. I kind of don't like his movies, to be perfectly honest. But that's fair. I don't watch a a lot of Spikes, but like this, like Black Klansman, like it's good. I'd highly. I really enjoyed Do the Right Thing, um, which was Mm -hmm. one I got um recommended from like a podcast I listened to, and that one. That that definitely actually hits on topics and subjects in in an important way because it's from people of the community to people of the community it's not to anyone else yeah. so then when you watch it as an exactly. outsider it's quite interesting but um it is well, yeah again we're two white people talking about uh black issues which i mean we can but also i usually we don't talk anything. about them <laughs> <laughs> exactly and like you know but i'm just saying for like other white allies you know go watch shit that's made by black creators 
and you know documentaries that such as 13th that actually talks about this shit to educate yourself don't <laughs> yeah or become that was gonna Stop like letting that's corrupt that. people become politicians exactly yeah. but like that's like a whole nother tangent because like my mom she was like and again of course my mother both of my parents are from wales and so she was just like you know Rihanna, if you wanted to if this film thing doesn't work out just go into like political science and i was like what <laughs> i mean i could but like i'm i don't see myself and like i think it just drain all emotion from me i couldn't do it you have to be such a determined person to do such a like a job like that or like to be a politician i guess but like political science and having to debate everything i think i would yeah just i i could never yeah. do it because no one would ever vote for me because i would actually try and change things but people don't like oh, that oh yeah <laughs> so i'd never get voted in they'd be like what he wants to solve like basic issues like income and taxes and oh you know, we can't do that we can't vote this guy says he hates minorities i'll vote for him instead like that's yeah, this, borderline this what politics is these days yeah this guy's actually screwing me over but because of what the media tells me and like you know because i'm um you know i'm a sheep <laughs> and i'm just gonna go with what everyone else is doing i'm gonna vote for him even though he will screw me over in the end oh like, yeah this but, is why like, yeah. we need, like, a... I enjoy people talking about um, bringing down, like, systems and stuff and, like, recreating them. But I'm like, nah, because what's going to happen is you're going to... Like, what's going to be created systems on top of those systems to not allow anything to happen? What you need to do is do a big old reset of everything. But that would destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, that would, like, end humanity as it we know it. It would collapse society. Yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Um, but you know, I, I mean, if this film thing doesn't work out, I would def I would consider it, I guess. But I think I would become more of a political journalist, if anything else. Or like, my mom was like, "You could totally be an anchor woman." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Did you really need to do a political <laughs> science degree to get a, an anchor man or anchor woman job? I don't know. I'd have to look. I don't know. Maybe like depending if like. Well, you'd need like a journalism degree. Maybe, but I don't know. It depends if, like, maybe it would help you out, because if you're going into journalism, like, in the news, then maybe if you have a political what? science degree. Maybe you could become you. one of those, like, political correspondents, though. Like, the ones who are like, I'm on Capitol Hill, and I'm talking. You're like, you could be one of those people yeah! if you got a political science May degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll see that. Because <laughs> then you can talk about politics. I... Yeah. Yeah, if all else fails. Or I'll just make documentaries and then totally do, like, a Michael Moore thing and just... <laughs> integrate myself into it <laughs> i have some issues with michael moore because um Everyone i really love his documentaries michael moore. <laughs> i really love his documentaries but he's so and i think this is part of the filmmaking so you can't really knock him for it but he's so shady with the way he like makes the films like he he tries to one make himself look really good which is fine mm. but it's a little kind of lame because i'm like okay, it's not about you michael no, not really it's about the... yeah but then also because he has like full control over the editing, sometimes his editing is really like really 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 biased, and I think yeah. I think it's probably just because of the self insert. It does make them a hell of a lot more interesting though, that's for certain. But that self insert yeah. aspect of his films cause his ego to be way too high, and so it kind of makes the documentaries less um 
less bias, uh, less uh, anti-biased or whatever you want to say. Yeah, and like, and I can, and I definitely agree with that because, like, I think like the first Michael Moore documentary I ever saw was Sicko, and that was in my med studies class because, like, in high school I took so much shit. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do, so I'm just gonna take as much stuff as possible to hopefully I'll figure it out by then. Oh, dude, and I knew. Even now, I got it. I knew 100. percent Oh yeah, well, lucky for you. I know. <laughs> but like, even like now, I'm like, okay, I'm like doing this. Like, I'm going to like the main thing I'm going into like filmmaking is because I genuinely like it, and I want to learn more. And and again, it's hard to get um a job in theater just straight up. It's 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 ridiculously hard. And so I thought this will open more doors for me if I want to be creative. And then also I want, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just keen. I'm just keen to like learn new shit and like create stuff. And so that's the main reason why. Cause like, even if like in the end, I'm like, oh, this isn't really for me. At least I'll probably still take something from it and like, you know, take it wherever I go next. But I think I'm in a good spot. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I think I'm, I'm heading in the right direction at the, you know, at the least. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't yeah I didn't have any I didn't have even close to a similar experience in high school um I like I got in I did uh photography did really well at that um quite naturally gifted in that aspect and then um and not not to sound too humble um and then <laughs> <laughs> and then I I tried doing some like other stuff like the drama and things but I just found the um the atmosphere of um the actual people I didn't like at all um I find oh quite I get it which is unfortunate oh uh, I don't Huh. the best part of summer is when you're a theater because like the thing is I highly recommend people who like go into drama and they say they don't like working with the people in drama say like performers wise I always say come to theater tech because it's well that's what so I was chill. a part of yeah yeah, yeah. I, I liked yeah I did um I did um all the music and sound and everything I know I could never do oh. lights they were too um too boring for me so I did all like the music and everything and then um it also played into because then I could do like DJing and stuff for the school so that was super fun um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Dude, I'm like multi. I'm like childish Gambino. I'm like multi-talented. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm like a triple threat. You don't. You can't. You're not on my freaking level, dude. <laughs> Get on my level, okay? I can sing. I can dance. I can produce music. I'm an actor. Not really. I can't act for absolute. Like I'm pretty. I'm pretty monotone most of the time <laughs> with like emotion. Uh, it's either like one or the other. <laughs> so I'm really not good at doing this whole range of emotions thing. But um. There was uh there was like one class I did like a film studies class which Ryan was in which we talked about, um the teacher in that really like pushed me towards the filmmaking stuff and so did my um photography teacher. There was one other class where I, I had such a blast. We were doing um psych and during the psych oh, classes yeah. my teacher was really really big into um Chris Nolan, so we just watched for the, our section on memories we watched memento and then our section on like dreaming we just watched inception which is just i loved so much because she put um she put like bonus questions on those two movies in the um oh that's really in, nice in the test <laughs> and i got um i got like a hundred percent on all of the bonus questions because i knew i did i knew everything and when she was like asking the class like about stuff and she's like can someone explain the movie i could just do the whole thing it was so yeah, much fun. just like, yeah. Oh, dude, it was so and great. That's because I remember, like, the. I guess if I'm really thinking back now, the first time I ever did anything film wise, besides like this year, because when I really started getting into it, I was in middle school. I was 13, and there was an option called film studies. And essentially, 
It was, hey, grab your iPod slash phones, go out into the field, make a short film, do basic editing, and then present it to the class. And the other stuff was like theory of like, taught like See, pick a movie. It, it well, well, yeah, when you're 13, it's a blast. And I, again, it's on an iPod somewhere, but I, <laughs> I made a film with a bunch of my friends, and it was at the time. This is gonna sound so dated, but it's when Left Shark was like the oh, peak yeah. meme. Yeah, yeah, right. And for some reason, I think because I was listening to Taylor Swift's like newest album at the time, um, that they were like, oh, let's do like a weird parody thing and like have Left Shark marry Taylor Swift. Again, I'm going <laughs> to paraphr- I'm gonna say I was 13. <laughs> Cringe. And no. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's on an iPod somewhere. If I Put found it, on it, I would. Oh, <laughs> it was Please. on YouTube for quite some time. And then I like took. I think I deleted it. And then now I'm. It's on an iPod somewhere. I'm sure I'll find it like down the road. But yeah. And that was like the first time I ever did something kind of filmy. And then the other. And then everything else in that class was like pick a movie, do a presentation on it. And that's where I found to love John Hughes because I was stupid and I was like, oh, I'm gonna choose The Breakfast Club because I'm the quirky girl and I do movies that aren't relevant anymore. <laughs> um (laughs) and so i chose breakfast club without watching it first so then that night i know and then that night i was like oh it's on netflix i'll watch it and then it changed my world i was like holy crap i and like it was kind of that moment of like i love this so much i want to make something like that and like i do resonate a whole lot with you know coming of age films from john hughes and then like just like kind of comedies in general like i like make like and i love horror as well but like if it if if like if like a movie combines the three of those like a coming of age story mixed with horror and like a bit of like haha funny comedy and like in like a killer soundtrack exactly <laughs> it's actually got like two of the three it's not really a coming of age story it kind of is though in like a weird messed up way yeah in a, in a, in a really messed up way yeah a little bit but... um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and yeah anyways what were you saying sorry <laughs> no i was just gonna say i could i can't actually think of um or pinpoint exactly a movie where i watched it and went this is what i want to do i can remember i was watching like um the um slow-mo scene in uh x-men um days of future past and i thought that was super sick uh and i really liked that uh and i really like that song time in a bottle by um jim crock that's a really good song mm, that is a good song yeah um and i remember watching the second one and having like the super awesome slow-mo scene but i can't i'm trying to think of a movie it's like because i wish i had that because well i know i did but I can, it's the same with video games and stuff like that. I can never, like, pinpoint what the first Yeah, pinpoint, thing yeah, was. something that... Some people know, and I, I, I'm really jealous, because I just never know. I just end up places, and I'm like, oh, here I am. It's like my friends. I don't remember the uh, first time I met, like, my friends from the place that I, um, like, stopped working at last year. And I and they're like, oh, I know exactly when I first met you. I'm like, I have zero memory of that. <laughs> yeah and like now i mean now we'll have recorded evidence of when we first met and i'll be like dude <laughs> true i probably won't forget yeah. that though i probably won't forget because it's like a thing oh, i well, was doing you know what i mean i'm just well also i'm just like unforgettable so <laughs> <laughs> well it's so yeah because it's like with like normal things uh i always just forget but i'm trying to think of yeah. a, what was a movie that really hit me quite hard 
the Winnie the Pooh movie. That was a pretty good one. Mm, um, <laughs> I think that's what hit everyone really hard, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember crying at that movie when I was a little kid because I thought he was going to die. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like, oh, my God. As a kid, like, what was one movie that made me ball my eyes out as a kid? The Jungle Book. I loved The Jungle Book as, like, a tiny, tiny human. Book. And then the live action came out, and I was excited because I was like, yes, I can, like, nostal- have a nostalgia trip. And I was like, oh, yeah. Dude, speaking about live action ones, what do you think about The Lion King? I haven't seen it because I'm scared. <laughs> I don't, I like, I'm like, don't ruin it for me, please. Oh, well, um, don't watch it. Does it? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad. It's, yeah, oh, it's terrible. I pictured. It like, didn't John look Favreau, good from the trailer. <laughs> no, like, no one tried. Um, what's her face? Uh, who's the singer lady in it? Beyonce? Yeah, she can't act. Um, friggin- Have you seen her? She was in um, Austin Powers, uh, that one, where she was like the disco lady. Oh, in the... Gold, the second gold, one, right? Gold, gold member. Yeah, yeah, gold member. She was in that, and she was... I mean, she was just Beyonce. That was the whole... She's yeah, well, Beyonce. she's like one of those people. I think if she just plays like like Tom Cruise or something, if she just plays herself, she's fine. But um, so she can't act. Seth Rogen can't sing. Um, uh, James Earl Jones sounds like he's a million years older than he actually is. They he just, is. They just got rid of Jeremy Irons for no reason, no good reason. Uh-huh. Best part of the original movie. The animation sucks. Um. The landscapes look really nice. I mean, that's like the only oh, okay. good part. When when um, because I got a four K TV. When you watch that movie in four K and it's just landscape shots, they look photo real. But the second you put one of those animals in there, they just hit the uh, uncanny valley like an absolute <laughs> cliff and just completely fall off the edge. And you just can't look at them as real animals. Yeah. Distant ones <laughs> like... when they're in the distance with good lighting, you're like, yeah, that looks pretty real. The second they get when anywhere like, near the camera, when I yeah, when I can't see them, it's great. <laughs> pretty much, there's like a mouse in there that looks really good because it's like a tiny little creature, and they put like a ton mm-hmm. of um like bokeh on it, like really like shallow shallow depth of field. So yeah. it, that looks really cool, but the the rest of the movie sucks, and the music is just worse. I listened to like one song from it, and I was like, nope. No, thank you. And, like, I'm a huge stickler for soundtracks, not even just in, like, remakes of Disney stuff, but just, like, in films in general. Like, if you have a good story, then, yes, I'll definitely watch your film. But if your story's eh and you have an eh soundtrack, then I'm, like, I'm out. Do you know what's a movie with a really underrated soundtrack? What? Goodfellas. Now, that has an incredible soundtrack. I- I've been meaning to see it. I, I again, well, like Ryan Gosling, of course. <sighs> like, <laughs> no, good f- Goodfellas. No, no, that's um, Scorsese. Oh, no, that's Scorsese. Shit, sorry. Are you thinking, thinking of, of Drive, movie. by any chance? I probably am. <laughs> like, if you're thinking of um, Ryan Gosling as, like, a getaway driver with, like, cool gloves and there's, like, 80s sort of, like, synth with yeah, music, that's drive. drive. <laughs> but um, Goodfellas, Scorsese, that's got a super, super underrated, incredible soundtrack, and also the movie itself is also incredible. There we go. Okay, I'll, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, put it on the list. I can't believe you haven't seen that. You, you, you're missing out. You're missing out on I, so much <laughs> stuff, man. I know. It's like again, I'm coming into this whole film thing way over my head, thinking like, oh, I know some things. What's but, it? like, again, I like, you know, John Hughes and, you know, like, like my favorite film is Breakfast Club still to this day and Ferris Bueller's Day Off because 
one. They, I have the Breakfast Club soundtrack on vinyl. That's how much I fucking That's love cool. that movie. <laughs> I have the baby. And I like, have the Baby Driver soundtrack and both Guardians uh, of the Galaxies on vinyl because they're my some of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, voice crack. I want. <laughs> I want to get them. Oh, I yeah, just hit the, puberty, guys. <sighs> from from the diaphragm up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, um uh, what uh, that's an interesting question so when you were coming into it and you thought you like knew everything about films i kind of just want to know like what your like general knowledge of films is then like not in a rude way just i'm really interested to hear because i had the exact it's same like thing. That thing where it's like guys like quiz you uh, like oh you know <laughs> are you a real I'm gamer not... you fake gamer exactly girl? exactly but like i know you're not doing that it, but um i like honest to god like, I didn't think I was like, oh, I know ex- everything about film. Because I knew mm-hmm. I didn't know a whole lot. But, like, I watched videos on film. And my sure. mom put me in... Yeah, and my mom put me in this program called GIFT, which is for girls in film and television. It was, like, this oh, thing that cool. came through. Yeah, and we got to make our own, like, short film. Like, five-minute short film in a oh, week. Dope. So oh, I, that was, fun. like, the first... Yeah, and it was the first time I ever, like, actually, like, got to figure out, like, a proper camera mm-hmm. like not like a like you know like a canon whatever dslr it was like a proper filmmaking camera with like and i had and i held a boom stick and like <laughs> <laughs> was it like, oh, that was... well you probably don't remember um camera wise um that's super cool but it's like because yeah. i was gonna say because like when i was coming into this i was really worried i was gonna be not knowledgeable enough but i think my life mm-hmm. is so boring that i might possibly know the most unfortunately I just don't, <laughs> I know. I just mean, don't, do don't always assume. Don't ever go into something assuming you know everything. Always kind of assume that you know. Like I like I wouldn't say assume going in that you know nothing. Assume that you go in knowing the basics, and then you'll kind of be surprised. You know, keep your sta- keep your standards low, and then you'll surprise oh, yeah. yourself as you go. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's just so, everything yeah. in life. <laughs> What's like? Um, so then, similar question. What's like the most? Um, what you would think is the most uh like um sort of i want to say like quirky people don't watch this random film film that you've seen that you like really like (laughs) okay it's this film called pride okay it was made it was made um in the uk it's about it really it hits home with me because um of just the story and like the soundtrack is great but it's about um it's a real story it's a based on a true story it's about um in the it was in the 80s when margaret thatcher was in office and um yeah (laughs) um and um it was during the time where the minor strikes were happening especially in wales um, and um, and then it was a group of gays and lesbians. They called themselves LGSM, Lesbians and Gays Support the Minors. And so they were like, um, hey, these people are being treated the same as we are by the police and by people in general. Let's support them. And so they like picked a very, very tiny mining village in the middle of Wales. And they were like, we're going to support you. And the thing is, the funniest thing is that they, the guy that runs the whole like union in that village didn't know that they were a gay and lesbian group so of course he had he gets them on and he was just like oh i don't know this but of course he's like oh whatever you're giving us money like thank you and um it's just a feel-good quirky movie that i think a lot more people should see because one the music is great because it's just 80s music and it's like good shit and it's a good it's just it makes you feel good like it's such a 
it, like you watch and you're like, oh, look at these people, like people from two drastic worlds. Like you've got, you know, Welsh people in a mining community with like very flamboyant gay Londoners and whatnot, right? And then they come together to make to to build this community, and it's so lovely. And I think more people should just see it because it's some. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> that sounds like a fun one. It is, and it's hilarious. Holy shit, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> uh, like there's, uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil the jokes, but there's this one scene where it's this very elder. Like they go into a gay club, right? And they go into like the underground where it's like lots of leather and like you know kind of dominatrix shit. Um, <laughs> I'm saying this as a straight girl because I've never been to a gay club, but I'm assuming no. they're there. <laughs> Not really. I didn't see many um, when I've been. Okay. Well, I, I was right. going to like a drag show at the time, so. Mm. Yeah, and so they go like to the downstairs area. Maybe this was an 80s thing. I don't even know. They go into the downstairs area, and so there's this elderly Welsh woman and then like this other woman who's like middle-aged, right? And um, and so they're getting so the bartender is in this full leather like outfit, right? And um, so the elderly woman asks him, "What do you do to get in that?" And um, so then he says to her, "Talcum powder." And she yeah. goes, "Oh, <laughs> Lily of the Valley." And then and then she responds with, "Ah, Lily of the Valley, I use," which is just uh My that question quick is, how do you get out? Difficult with that great it, difficulty. I, well, I have a friend who uh, does. Well, they're not they're not dominatrix, but they have outfits that are like not leather, but they're like um, I don't know nylon. I guess it's the type of material. I don't know, but like apparently it's like because you sweat so much in it, it's like a scuba suit, and it just comes off. <laughs> yeah, you just go like peel it off. Yeah, and Mate, like that's also me that's with like my skinny jeans. <laughs> and that's like with your and then the powder is supposed to help you get in and get out i guess hmm. i have that i don't problem. know again yeah. you have that problem <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> it's gonna let you finish Just... uh, no I, I have that problem with my skinny jeans because i wear too tight skinny jeans so it's like oh. getting in's easy but then getting out because they're so unbelievably tight <laughs> like i don't even like i used to wear and then again i guess oh Again, me going into, like, my costuming days of, like, talking, like, I had to do a thing about the history of fashion for men and women, which was very interesting. I really did enjoy doing it. Um, and, like, apparently skinny jeans were originally a male-made thing, and then women took them during the suffragettes movement. Oh, I didn't you. know that. Yeah, same with pockets. I just like <laughs> yeah. Same oh, with yeah. pockets. They were Dude, like, we're going to sew pockets great. on... I, I tried skinny jeans when I was like I, I was a scene kid in middle school so I was like yeah oh, I look dude. so cool in my skinny jeans we don't see any of those <laughs> anymore you guys are like a forgotten breed of humans I know but scene like kids. you look at me now you wouldn't think it you mm. know I look such like a I don't know I look like me I guess Normal. now <laughs> <laughs> and like um, but like I had a pixie cut and like I had a fringe, like a proper like fringe, and I dyed it red. Not my whole head, just the fringe. It was red, Ugh. and it's horrendous. And I deleted all the photos of it off my Instagram. I was like, I cannot let, like, like my future husband is going to see this, and he sh will never know I look like that. <laughs> never know. 
but uh but and even then now like i'm thinking about it is that my aunt sadly uh she passed away a couple years ago but um she had a a photo of me with that hair (laughs) in her living room and that was the most updated photo of me so she doesn't have any photo of like me after that (laughs) and i was like 14 uh 13 14 or something and um and then she passed away so her updated photo of me in her house like she saw me a couple times before then like like how i look now thank god but just thinking like what if that was her last image of me of that hair yeah Yeah. not really not really if you don't want to be remembered that way the way you want to be remembered um big no yeah, no, I, I mean, at the time it was in like scene and like emo. It was when Fall Out Boy was making a comeback, you know, and My Chemical Romance was rumored to be making a comeback, and then they never did. Um, well, apparently they are now. <laughs> barely. Oh, I don't even. I don't. I don't mess with them anymore because I'm like, you keep disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and like, say, like I haven't listened to Fall Out Boy in years. Uh, again, when you grow up and you look back at your tastes and like photos of yourself, you're like, "Geez, man!" Like, like even like last year, I like look at it and I'm like, "You little weirdo, what were you doing?" Oh yeah, I get the exact <laughs> same stuff. Um, I get the exact same stuff. How long have we been recording? Let's see. Um. Oh, it's eight nineteen. Hour and twenty three, twenty four minutes. Minutes. Ooh. Again, I could talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, it saves my voice. I don't have to talk as much. If you can just talk no. forever, you can just oh, take yeah. over. I'll. Uh, you can oh, just here you go, have the podcast. Um, okay. Um, just kidding. So for people, <laughs> that has uh, mine. I'm, I'm a Leo. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a dating show. Thank you. Oh, oh, you know, I always shoot my shot, uh, no matter where I go. <laughs> Just sorry. hopefully. Well, you know, you're not my type. I'm sorry. Oh, honey, it goes both ways. <laughs> okay, that's good. It's mainly because you're not a man, but anyway. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Again, why I hate men, no? <laughs> <laughs> um. So let me, so I got like, uh, I've been asking everyone this like one last question here at the end. Um, which I, I'm going to sort of shift it a little bit because I've been asking, uh, so the original question is during our second year of, um, our state program here, if you had to, for like our last project, you know, we have, to, you know, there's people get to make those big films right at the end. Did you ever get a chance to watch those on YouTube? I watched a couple of them. Um, again, I was, cause I'm, I'm, I get very distracted very easily, but I watched a couple and I was like, holy shit, this is like legit stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so I was gonna ask, um, what if if you if you were one of the people who got to make their like film, what would you make? But I don't know. Um, I was I was trying to think of how to make the question a little better, like because I was just gonna ask, like, if you were told to make a movie right now of like infinite money, infinite, you know, whatever, what would you make? But I feel like that's a little bit too open. So take your pick. Which one do you want? Okay, I'm we'll gonna shape this question. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll answer both. <laughs> if I had unlimited money and I could do whatever the hell I wanted, I would probably make like a super gory horror film, like just go balls to the wall crazy with it. 
Yeah, and just like I don't know, I would probably mesh with it like um I like the whole kind of like with horror films where it like kind of dwindles down to one person against the thing that they're fighting against kind of that thing. So like it would like I would probably make it like a whole last like <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to say the purge, but like I just this thought just came into my mind of like what if it was like a gymnasium full of kids? <laughs> And they like, were just trying to murder like, you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like or a like battle royale. Or like so, yeah, or something was trying to like get them or something, or maybe like a small oh, group okay. of kids. I don't know. But like they're stuck Jesus. somewhere against this one thing. And it's like, Let me ask like, how saw. old the children I... are real quick. Like these aren't like four year olds, right? Oh, good God, no. They're like 16. Okay, good. Because <laughs> when you say children, all I can think of is like a group of like six to eight year olds. I'm like, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I should say teens. Even with an yeah, unlimited teens. budget, you won't be able to make that. They'll just not allow it. No. no they'll <laughs> okay. be like, this is too psychologically terrifying. No. <laughs> borderline illegal, probably, from a film. Yeah, standpoint. this is borderline, like, child abuse. Yeah, it probably would be, actually. But, yeah, I would probably just go balls to the wall horror film if I had, like, unlimited money and could do whatever I want. That's And then... Cool. So, like, yeah. what would you do for Sate, then? Because you can't do that for Sate. Yeah, for Sate... I would probably, like, probably stick to my roots and, like, probably make some sort of coming-of-age film in that sense or some sort of, like, slice-of-life film about... Because I'm, I'm a little a little bit of a hopeless romantic, I guess, or, like, I like kind of, like... It doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic love story. It could be, like, a friendship relationship or something. I just like it when, like... I would probably make it about, like, two people forming some sort of relationship together or, like, that relationship kind of crumbles at one point and then they have to figure out how to bring it back kind of thing um but then adding like some monkey wrench into it and just maybe like oh but they're like in space i don't know <laughs> or like just adding something kind of are you weird sure this is it? not just... just the plot for passengers that one with uh, chris pratt and jennifer lawrence i hate that movie yeah but it's really similar so far <laughs> well shit <laughs> But, or, like, not necessarily space, but maybe, like, maybe in a different time, like, sure. different time period, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I would throw something in there to make it not just, like, your basic coming-of-age teen flick, you know? Like, like, I wouldn't set witch. it in, like... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That'd be kind of cool. Something like that. That would be kind of cool. I like that. But, yeah, I wouldn't set it in, like, a high school. But then again, I have... But then again... If I could do a horror film, I'd do, like, a horror film in a high school, like, an abandoned high school. I, I thought oh, that would be, be kind of cool. cool. That'd be really fun. Actually, no, I'm going to change it to that. It's a coming-of-age okay. horror flick, but these kids are stuck in a high school. <laughs> All right. And, like, yeah, some sort of shit's getting them, but, like, that's kind of the thing. That's yeah, kind that's of a my fun safe one. Film. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of a fun idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll there, well, it, that's my idea. Um, cool. Coming of death, looks like. <laughs> yeah, or um, the 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 death is the, coming, the, or something. Trying to like uh do like a play on words with like the Breakfast Club, like the Death Club. I don't know. That's stupid, but I don't know. <laughs> Just bunch of emos. <laughs> yeah, we're the Death yeah! Club. <laughs> uh, we hate it's ourselves. It's just a biopic of me in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's everyone in middle school. Scene, it's my stupid scene haircut, thinking I was hot shit. No. No, no. <laughs> what? Let me see. I'm gonna try and think because I I thought of a different movie for like every single one of these I've done so far. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try and see if I can think of another one. Well, I like your idea of like that whole like relationship thing. I have got like a sort of an idea for something like that. Um, I have a title for it too. It's weird. Some movies oh. I end up having titles. Some movies I like can fully write them and never have a title for them. Uh, I this one's... fucking suck at writing titles. I can never figure it out. <laughs> oh, I hate titles. I think they're kind of derivative. Derivative? Derivative. There we go. English is my first language. Um, um, what were they going to say? Yeah, uh, it's called uh, The Sun and the Moon. Um, and it's based off this like short poem that my friend wrote uh, one time a while back. But I like took it and I thought like taking this idea of like the two people who are in a relationship and it's called the sun and the moon because the one person who I can't remember the sun, I thought it was the moon, one of them. And then like, they go off, obviously, like the moon does. And then they come back and then they meet up again and then they go off. And I really like that. But that ending was really cute. And like, you know, then they decide to get together forever f- at some point. Mine, I was, I wanted it to make it a little more depressing, where like they could never save the relationship and it all falls apart and then they both die. So that might be a good. Yeah, one. Be a good sad one. endings are quite good too. I think people think that everything needs to come full circle, but no, I, <laughs> I do enjoy an ending that doesn't work out. I have the opposite thought. I always think my um, all my movies end too depressingly. Like all of my movies end in like a sad, dark, depressing way. Hmm. Says I a lot guess... about me. Just, I'm gonna be part <laughs> of the death know. squad. Uh, yeah, hate life. there we go. <laughs> we, we we go back. We do a full one. I go. I do a full 180. I go back full scene. I get addicted to video games again, and I end up hating everyone. <laughs> I mean, if that's what the character's gonna be, then you're you're gonna know how to write it perfectly. Oh, exactly. Uh, cast me, and I've got acting experience. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cast you in it, and who else is, like, really good? Joaquin Phoenix. That's who we'll put in there. Ah! He might be, like, 50, almost, like, 40-something years old, but he can play a high school student for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I'll totally not crumble under pressure because I'm performing it with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, be dude. so chill. <laughs> that He's, like, one of the people I want to work with, hopefully, in the future. Oh. I wish I could have worked with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's big dead. I wish I could have worked with Kevin Spacey, but he's a big child toucher. So, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, okay, that's actually, uh, that's a good question. Like, if you could work with any actor, like, the top of your head, who would it be? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah? Okay. Even though he's dead. Or Kevin Spacey, but, like, that's the issue. I can't work with either of them. Okay, if you could work with an actor that currently, (laughs) yeah, that's alive. And currently has nothing against them. Um, probably someone like Leo, like Leonardo DiCaprio, or um, or like Joaquin Phoenix. Mhm. I think yeah, those I two. I, I enjoy both of them as actors a lot. Um. Yeah, I think that's, that's who I choose. Thing. Someone like Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. Oh yeah. Who would you and choose? Then... Oh, I. This is gonna sound kind of odd but like Sorsha Ronan I think oh, today, hopefully Ronan? I said her name yeah I think she's besides her performance in Little Women because I didn't really like Little Women um um but I just like her performance in Lady Bird and like I think she would be a really fun person to work with because I like saw behind the scenes stuff of her and Greta 
filming Lady Bird and like their chemistry is just so fun to watch. So and I think that would be like a really and I just and I just like her performance as an actor. I think she's quite good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thinking of because you said like Greta Gerwig makes me think of um because mm-hmm. she's married to Noah Baumbach. Um, I don't know if you knew that. It's a fun fact. I didn't know that. Wow. Huh. Yeah, married to Noah Baumbach, who did um Marriage Story. Actually, working with like Scarjo or um Ooh, Cry- yeah. Krylo Ren would be quite fun. <laughs> Krylo emo emo Ren. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He comes out like in what's that meme of like him with like the weird cummerbund thing, and he's like shirtless and he looks like a potato. Oh, yeah, they're doing like the they're doing like the force call between the two, and he's got like no shirt, and she's like, "This is a bad time." Yeah. And he's like, "This is a bad time for me as well," and he has like no shirt on. You're like, "Well, then yeah. just don't." <laughs> I re- I remember sitting in the theater being like, "Does the force work like a FaceTime call? Could you like just not like." <laughs> Like, come back in, like, a couple minutes. <laughs> Not to nerd out, but it's actually because Darth Sidious did it, Palpatine, and he made the two talk to each other. They didn't have um, any choice over it. But... Again... It's just kind like, Yeah. Again, like, this is gonna... It's gonna... People are gonna hate me, oh, but it's no. like... I... I don't get Star Wars. Like, I'm not... I don't hate it. I'll, I've watched, like, all the newest one. I haven't watched the old ones because, like, my mom's a Trekkie. Have you I've legitimately never seen the original Star Wars movies? Yeah. I've never Holy seen them. cow. I oh. know. I know. We, we'll have to get together in Calgary. Like, I come over so my res, to show and you. then we'll watch, yeah. we'll watch the movies. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do I it. so many you movies know, to show you. Yeah. And then you could, yeah, blow my mind away, and I'll be like, what crazy and then i'll probably make you watch movies like we're watching mean girls or like legally blonde because oh, those I are my guilty pleasures what how could you stand... hate mean girls i watched it <gasps> in psych uh that was another one that was the other one we watched was mean girls and i thought it was ut- utter trash just completely no. garbage no 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 there's you need no to watch rege- it there's no redeeming quality to that movie it's just obnoxious no. and annoying no Fraser. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> like, no, you need to watch outside of a school setting with someone, because you cannot deny that, that that movie is iconic. You can't deny can. it. <laughs> Ready? I'm going no, to. It's can't. not. No, you can't. We, we <laughs> only wear it. pink on, we only wear pink on Wednesdays, or she doesn't even go here. Are you go, are, are you kidding me? Like, it's so good. Uh, I hate it. I hated every second I no. watched. No, we're. I'm gonna force you to watch it, and you're <laughs> and you're gonna and you're gonna love it. And I don't I thought, care. It, I thought Tina the plot Fey, was boring. I thought no, the, it's the not structure boring. of the film was poorly executed. I thought the acting was kind of crap. Um, <gasps> don't you dare say that. Rachel McAdams is awesome in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, don't you dare I, say that. I seriously just can't get into that movie at all. But I don't even come close to fitting the demographic that that is supposed to be released you for. You don't to it's ev- it's a it includes everyone <laughs> as being like a a very like extroverted but also quite introverted young gay boy who only has a couple friends i've never dealt with anything like that i've always hated the popular kids so when Neither i watched that I. movie so when i watched that movie i just went this is just if i try to be friends with the popular kids i hate the popular kids i don't like this movie no like you're watching it like when you watch in high school you're like i hate everyone but when you watch it when you're outside of high school you realize the genius of it and like and yeah 
I I'll said genius because it is. Yes, legit, me and you are going <laughs> to watch it, and I'm going to quote everything from it. I don't care. You have to understand <laughs> how good Mean Girls is. And like, and also, it became a musical, which has a killer mm. soundtrack. So, it ta- so I don't like musicals. It can't be that bad. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not there's no winning, your, but no. Not to rain on your parade. <laughs> I really dislike musicals. Well, then again, I'm not a huge, like, I'm not, like, a huge musical fan nerd. Like, I like some. I've only seen a handful. Like, I saw Come From Away, Dear Evan Hansen, which I cried. I cried at Dear Evan Hansen hard. And then Waitress, which is also based off a movie. And it's really good. Waitress? Like, the store in the UK? No. No, Um... Waitress. (laughs) (laughs) It's just them walking down the aisles like, can I get some chocolate digestive? Oh, can I, can I have really overpriced food? (laughs) Yeah. Go to Waitrose. Is essentially no Waitrose. Anyway. <laughs> Again, a Canadian point. being like, I know what Waitrose is because I've been to the UK because of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's the only reason I've been to the UK other than living there before I moved here. So. Yeah, what part are you from, if you don't mind me asking? Um, The part with English people in it. Well, that's multiple parts. <laughs> uh, I'm from the south. South, okay. South of England, sort of like Chippenham, uh, Wilkshire area. Ah, okay. I had a feeling because I was like, he doesn't sound like he's from Essex. Doesn't sound like northern. No, definitely not. I don't. I don't sound like I'm going back home. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, versus like when I go back home and it's just like a mix. Sorry, what you saying? No, 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 uh, you first, please. Okay, um, it's just like when I go back home, it's Wales, because my parents are from, my dad's from Pennebank, mm-hmm. and my mum is from this tiny, tiny village called Garnsuts, which is in Aberystwyth. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so when I go back there, it's just, it's so much Welsh, it's so much, <laughs> and like just, I love the Welsh accent, and like, I try my best to do it. And I think I'm pretty okay at it, but the most part, I'm just like impersonating my mum. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's boots these shoes? <laughs> who's caught this jacket? Anyway, I can't do it. It's like it's just kind of basically like my mum were like it like now because they've been lived in Canada for so long. It's like a mixture of like Canadian playing and Welsh. So like yes, yes, runners, have a Canadian tang twang to it. Yeah. Sorry runners is not like a word over there they call them trainers obviously and so my mom with my cousin she was like hey, get your bloody runners on now it's like that kind of thing and my cousin was like runners like you know like that's the best welsh accent i can do bloody bloody trainers and it's like yeah and so and then i go back there and then i say like things i i remember i said um uh, fig- figure it out like like the Canadian like rural Alberta like figure it out but like I said that to like one of my younger cousins and they oh, all yeah. like why are you telling him to figure it out figure it out like, dude figure it out but like geez again and then they all <laughs> like compare me to like people from Letterkenny from that show because that's their only like outlet to like rural Canadian like stuff so they're like is it true that they act like this and I'm like well yeah, I mean, you know, some, some parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah so people. <laughs> Especially where I live, people act like that, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Cochrane, I'd imagine. I mean, Red Deer's kind of similar, but we're a city. So we just have more homeless 
people. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have like not any like super visit. You have to go to Calgary to see lots of homeless people. Yeah, and so then like me going to Calgary is just a bigger version of where I'm from, basically. Mm, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the I but... love going over um because I'm quite good at slipping back into the normal way. Like I immediately start, you know, throwing things in the rubbish and uh, taking the lift and you know that sort yeah. of stuff. So I, I fall back into it quite quickly. Um, mm-hmm. My sister doesn't. She has a hard time doing that, but suck. <laughs> and like the thing is, though, I try like to so I, like when I'm communicating because I can speak a bit of Welsh. Like I'm not. Oh like, yeah, I forgot they have another language. Oops. Yeah, crazy, right? It shows how much um, of an Englishman I am. Oh, you speak another language, do you? I I did not even it's, notice. It's like a thousand <laughs> years old, dude. No. <laughs> Um, but I speak a bit of it, um, not, but I'm not fluent in any, like, shape, way, or form. But I try, like, my, like, like, especially with, you know, the elders or, like, my grandparents, um, I try my best to speak Welsh to them, because that's all, because, like, Welsh is their first language, like. Okay, yeah. And, like, English is their second, and so there's that kind of weird divide, but then when I'm with my cousins who speak both Welsh and English fluently, um, I try my best because they don't sometimes they just straight up don't understand what I'm saying so then I'll have to like put an accent on for them to understand me and then they'll just put that accent for the day because I don't because again it's that weird North American thing I guess it's weird for Americans more than it is Canadians because like when I go over there and like sometimes like what if I'm in the shops and whatnot like again like see I say things like the shops yeah um, we're in the shops we're in instead, of the gro- instead of the grocery store I guess <laughs> But or or Asda or Littles. <laughs> they got um, Little in um Spain. There was a Littles in Spain. They also have Timmy's. They have Tim Hortons in Cardiff. Yeah, it's Which... like two Tim Hortons in the entirety of the uh, United Kingdom, I think. Yeah, the ones in Cardiff, and I was like, what? <laughs> well, there's like there's Tim Hortons quite a few places. There's Tim Horton. There might be a Tim Hortons in New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Oh my god. Why did they sell themselves to Burger King? We can't ha- Canadians cannot have anything for themselves. <laughs> it Just must a- go to the Americans. Has to. I hate it. <laughs> That's the rules. But, uh, what was I saying? Oh, just like that um, divide of like going over there. Um, but yeah, I'll put it on like my Canadian accent more if I'm at the shops. And like, uh, I hope to get someone's attention where they'll ask me where I'm from. And then like when they do, I go, oh, I'm from Canada. And I just love the reaction of like, oh, Canada. It's like, <laughs> as I say, people like hearing when you say America, they're like, oh, America. Ooh. If you say Canada, people actually find it quite. Um, they're like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and like, um, I remember like the weirdest comment I got was like, oh, so are you like um part of those um native people? And I was like, I am whiter than like all oh, get out. To like, be fair, no, you could be Métis. But- that is true, but no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm not at all. <laughs> but it was just one of those odd comments, and like this woman in like Littles was assumed that everyone from Canada must be like First Nations. Like, That's pretty no. interesting. She's probably yeah, never even seen a First Nations person in her life. She wouldn't know what an actual First Nations person looked like. So when she probably like when she would have met one, she probably been like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> like yeah. almost like, for certain. Uh, Matt- she goes over and she's like a 
I think that'd be kind of interesting. I'd love to show my um my family in the UK. Um like someone who is genuinely First Nations because I don't think it would be what they expected. Yeah, cuz I think like the UK they are especially like in Wales because um Wales has such a high elder population. Um they <laughs> they generalize a whole lot more and so like like when they do come over when I've had family come over it like it's cuz they just assume oh it's like super super cold here and um you know tons and you know we you respect your first nations people and it's like eh. <laughs> i mean not really and like when they come over and they see that they're like wow <laughs> especially here you would have thought of all places in canada alberta would probably would should have the best but we actually have like the worst relationship when it comes yeah, to it's Oh, I'm Aboriginal people. Yeah, it's... The shitty thing is, is that I know very little about for Canada. And, like, I just... I don't know how to, like, talk about it. And, and you know... And, like, I had a friend um, who was First Nations and he's moved to Edmonton now. And, like, he's just like, yeah, people just assumed I was white and not First Nations when I came to school. And I was like, that's like fucked up yeah that's kind of lame because because then it just sort of like erases an entire identity which is something that really sucks about uh living here particularly particularly in canada is the sort of um uh the uh the erasing of um first nations culture from everything and that's why that's why we need to abolish the uh the rules of the reserves and let people live wherever they want and claim their status yeah, and just, you know, you know, give them some land. Give them a lot more land. <laughs> give them a lot more land than they're currently given because guess what? It's not ours. No. I think the the wonderful thing is I'm sure quite a few of the elders would probably even say, like, it's no one's. That's the point because, you know, they were all nomadic. So it's like the point is not that anyone owns, owns the land. It's that we all respect the land, which I, I really love those kinds of beliefs in different cultures mm -hmm, where it's like respect the land you know and that is pretty interesting and i wish i knew more because like i can fully admit it when it comes to other cultures besides like the uk and like wales i'm very i i guess i could say ignorant i don't want to say ignorant but you know like i'm very um non-educated about it I sure think it's probably the better yeah I mean, hey, it's uh, it's hard to get educated on those things here in Canada because our um our uh, education system is so crap when it comes to actually talking to people about other places, other religions, other beliefs. It's terrible. It's so bad. Going through the entire Canadian school system, well, not the entire, I, like I missed one grade, um, going through basically the entire Canadian school system, you like learn nothing about anywhere else in the world. You learn like ancient Greece and Japan and bits of american history but you learn nothing about like your own like, asia, like canada like, probably the rest of like asia or mm -hmm. yeah even just other parts of canada really you really don't learn about it you don't learn about like the maritimes or and that could just be the alberta school system i don't know I think it is. you know i think it is just the alberta school system and like i remember sitting in social this year and we learned about the cold war and i Hell yeah. like that's kind of like my favorite thing to learn about was the cold war and i was like oh this is so cool 
but I'm like, I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking where the fuck was Canada during this entire time? Like, that would be like a cool thing to mention being like, Hey, this is what Canada was at the, at the time. And like, because even now our news is just whatever's happening in America, you know, with like a cup with like a couple things happening here. And it's like, I want to know what happens in America that affects here. I want to know what's happening down there that affects here so much that it needs to be in our news. Cause I have no clue besides think, like trade. I think it's like, we're just unfortunately just discount America really. Like we're like the I better, know. the better sort of like, we're like this, we're like the other model that you can buy that actually is better for value but no one buys it because it's not got the flashy gadgets. Like, that's basically what American Canada is. Um, America's the MacBook Pro of laptops. <laughs> Canada, Canada's, like, the Windows of laptops. <laughs> uh, and I hate that because I, I love being Canadian. Like, that's, like... Yeah, I enjoy it, too. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't just say, you're not Canadian. No, you are. <laughs> I have, I've been Canadian um, for... I lived here for 13 years. I've been an actual Canadian citizen for almost three, maybe three, four, something like that. It's been a while. Nice. There you go. Well, yeah, I just, I love like being Canadian and I love that we have, we do, I think in Canada, we have such like the story of how we became Canada, even because we're still such a young country is so like amazing. And I wish I just knew a bit more and like, when it comes to like Canadian TV and film, I think we're very underrated in that. Um, like when I was a kid, I would watch like I don't know if you know these shows, but This Hour is Twenty Two Minutes mm-hmm. and The Rick Mercer Report. Yeah, never I seen them, but I know what they are. So, oh, I would watch them religiously, and like again, I think that's why another reason why I wanted to be kind of like in TV or film. I just wanted to be on a screen somewhere always or like on a stage on a screen I always just wanted people looking at me when I was younger and I still kind of do um I'm a bit of a ham when it comes to that uh <laughs> but like watching like Rick Mercer go around Canada and like show this awesome country like I was like I want to do that or like watching this hour is 22 minutes and Mary Walsh where she would just mess with the prime minister I would like as a kid I was like oh I want to do that <laughs> And I still kind of do. I love Rick Mercer's voice. Like, I- I'm Rick Mercer. We're doing. I know. I can't do it. It's like something like that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. That new <laughs> like, oof. I love it. It's like, so I very, his... very Canadian. Yeah. And I have his book. I, that's so cheesy, but I do. And it's just all of his rants from his show. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I. It's a good read if you want, like, a little pick me up. It's like one of. It's like a coffee desk book. It's like, unless there's something you read throughout but it's like something it's like oh i have this I, i'm feeling a bit i read it when i'm feeling a bit down and i'm like huh that's funny you know <laughs> yeah no that's and like it's cool yeah and like even now like the most canadian thing i'm watching right now is like canada's drag race <laughs> with oh my mom, yeah you should cause... you should talk to sam sam's been watching that too yeah okay i'll definitely try to hit him up <laughs> send cause... him a message be like hey I hit what's well, on the episode. We talk about it. <laughs> like, hey, hey, like, you, hey uh... are you watching it right now? Because it comes on every Thursday. <laughs> I can't get into like, uh, drag shows. They scare me. Drag queens genuinely scare me. I actually have like a full on phobia of drag queens. Is it just because <laughs> of the makeup or like the hair? Or... Uh, I think it derives from my uh, phobia of people in mascot costumes. Oh, I used like, to be scared of sort that. Sort of being like hidden behind something, so like all the makeup and stuff is like just too much, and I find it like, mm-hmm. ugh, ugh. Re- scary. I love it. 
but then again i see it as more as because when i was in costumes and makeup and like that's why i watch it and like the performative sense of it that's why like i watch it because it's like i kind of again i'm not gonna say this because this is like a huge controversial thing when it comes to like any drag race show like uk american and and canada just because you watch rupaul's drag race doesn't mean you're an expert in drag it means that you're a fan of a tv show and for <laughs> me as like a straight a white thing? woman to it is no people watch it and they think they know shit like one of the <laughs> judges on the show like literally is like that and i can't stand him and I'm like, you I'm do not, not know what that is. Hell... Well, RuPaul's not even a judge on the Canada one. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Um, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Um, it's Brooklyn Heights, who was the first Canadian queen to be on the U.S. version of it. And oh, then she got fun. her own spinoff, which is really cool. And she's really funny. Um, and then it's um, this other model. I can't remember her name. And then it's this guy. His name's Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. And I can't stand him. Because <laughs> he like he's like he's trying to be like Michelle Michelle Visage or like that caddy kind of judge where like stuff they say is like funny caddy, but he's just mean. He's just mean to these wet to these to these performers like they are making art for you and you're being ridiculously mean to them. You I don't know? know that sounds fantastic. I love. I, I will say I love um Piers Morgan when he used to be on Britain's Got Talent for the sheer fact yeah. of how horrendously vile and toxic he was. <laughs> but like this isn't even like that kind of funny like haha because the people that genuinely he was saying were bad were bad yeah right? no, but Piers Morgan would always just do it in the worst way possible like you're stupid you're fat you're ugly I hate you never never show your face in show business again it's like oh my god yeah it's <laughs> Makes ridiculous you laugh, but with but with this like Jeffrey like he's wearing shitty eye makeup and I'm gonna say it because I don't like him <laughs> and like he's wearing like bad eye makeup and like so a girl so one of the girls um will have put their heart and soul into this outfit and look genuinely good and then he'll be like um i hate it and he looks ugly and it's like you know an artist's objective so it's like you know why, who are you who are you to say sir that this person looks ugly you know Versus while the other two judges are, like, in love with it. Yeah. It's it's just, ugh. It's just, if, if you I, I, if look up clips of him on YouTube, because people make memes out of it, and it's great. But just, like, if you watch some of his critiques, I, I just want to, like, explode. Because he gets me so angry. <laughs> like, I've never been angry at a TV personality before, but for some reason, this man gets me so, gets me so angry. Um, but yeah and even like watching it like i remember uh it wasn't this week's episode it was last week's and like at the end they have to lip sync for their life right Mm -hmm. and um basically (laughs) these two queens were just standing there and there was a lot of upper body movement and like they were lip syncing perfectly but they were not moving on the stage and like the in the back of my head my improv coach i could hear just yelling move because i'm so used to like when i have to because i can kind of relate in the sense of performing on a stage and having to you know like perform for an audience and constantly i was because i was kind of when i first started out i was kind of scared to move around and like i was very much i would i would park and bark as they say or i would just kind of deliver a monologue and not move versus then i was trained to like you know do a squat do a spin splits you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like boost something move to the left for christ's sake 
So it's just kind of like when I watch it, that's kind of like where I kind of critique it, I guess, in a sense. But I never want to like critique the drag that they're giving out because it's theirs and it's their art. So I never want to like, you know, and that's the same with like people who make films. I don't want to say, oh, this is bad, but it's your like the idea of it is bad because that's your idea and art is subjective. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean someone else will or someone else won't. I'm, you know? such the, I'm such the opposite. I have no issue saying things are bad. I do it all the time. I mean, I can say <laughs> things so bad. are bad. I can say things are bad, but like, if it's just genuinely like someone's like, hey, I have this idea that I want to pitch to you. And it's like, if there's a difference between like critical feedback and just being like an asshole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, there's a huge. I was thinking more just like films, like my hatred of mean girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's called a callback joke, folks. Um, ah, in the biz, <laughs> we call that a callback. Call that a callback joke. Um, <laughs> I'm a comedian now. Um, I'm here all week because I have to edit this. Episode. We'll put you'll we'll put you on stage, uh, you know, in Calgary, and be like, "Go do your set." Make oh money. yeah, I'll do some stand up. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> I did for a time. I wanted to do. Did you? I wanted yeah. to do that for a small period of time. I wanted time. to be a stand-up comedian. I think I could have done it. Um, I feel. I feel. I like still I think I, I can because I, I still think I could if I really like wrote out my shit instead of just improv and being like, oh, I'll just say what's on my mind. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I like talking. Because you'll say something so. you regret. I yeah. think if I were like, to do like clearly, a show, because we've been talking for like two hours. Oh yeah, almost yeah. two hours. What's like, if I was, yeah, 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 I record the whole thing. I was, I was gonna say, if I, I feel like if I was doing like a show, I'd do it like Dan Harmon, uh, Harmon Town, where he just did like a live podcast on stage. That's what I would do. That would be super fun. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I, if you haven't, hold on, wait, um... sorry, sorry. If you haven't, I just remembered, please, after this episode, every single person, search up Dan Harmon rants about now you see me, now you don't the like magic movie it's one of the funniest things on the internet you'll ever watch it's so good <laughs> anyway continue. Right. <laughs> um i just forgot what i was gonna say hold on no. it'll come back to me but oh um i remember now i nearly did because before corona hit my school was having a talent show oh yeah and um i was thinking because i was trying to get like some people like oh we could do an improv scene and it will be funny and like you know because it's our senior year let's just do it you know because it was a legit competition and I was like, oh, I'm not doing it for the competition. But then they're like, no. And I was like, oh, I still kind of want to do it. And I was thinking, what if I just did stand-up? Because on the, like, poster, it was, like, musicians, dancing, stand-up. And, like, I was like, oh. And so I nearly did it, but then Corona hit, and then I couldn't do it. But I didn't have anything written out, and I didn't even audition yet. So it was that kind of, like, I would like to dabble in it. Because I, I do think I am funny. I don't know. I don't mean to, like, toot my own horn, but. I do think I'm funny. <laughs> Let's go to some open mic nights then. That would actually be that would be sick as hell to go to some open night mic nights and just bomb. Even just to like watch. So hard. My oh, favorite yeah. thing to watch, um, if you see on YouTube, is like comedians that are bombing so hard, and then they just retaliate on the audience. Where it's like, no, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> see, I there, I think it'd be really fun because uh, I can't remember who the comedian is, but he did an act where he pretended to be like super terrible at comedy and like bomb and then he did and then his character were pretended to get like super angry like start hanging everyone like running into the crowd just like screaming at people and you're like no one realizes that this is like pure 
peak comedy right here. Like when you watch it from an outside perspective, it's so funny. But from like in the audience, you're like, this is terrible. This is awful. You watch it sitting back though. You're like, this man's a genius. So you're just saying the Joker movie, really? <laughs> kind of, but it's like a full on <laughs> act. <laughs> and it's not directed by a Hollywood hack. And it isn't got a bad script. And it isn't poorly, poorly, poorly written. I'm happy though that they Here's won best review. score, as I I do I like the score. I would argue they just didn't deserve that anyway, but that's me. Um, I, I thought the, the score, score was forgettable. I liked it. I liked it. I don't know. I, I just the other films. I was like, I don't, I don't like remember them. So I think the Joker was the one that was like, because I was like, fuck, probably Star Wars is gonna win because it's Disney. No. Didn't deserve it. <laughs> John Williams deserved the like the first couple ones. He doesn't deserve any more Oscars. He's done. <laughs> he should leave. Um, do you know who got really snubbed at that Oscars? The Lighthouse. Now, The Lighthouse should have won Best Cinematography, hands down. It should have won. It should have been nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Original Screenplay. should have been nominated for Production Design. It should have been nominated for Costume Design. It should have been nominated. Uh, William Dafoe should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Mm. But it got literally one nomination and it lost. And I'm so mad because that movie was an absolute masterpiece. I've seen clips of it, but I haven't it's seen so the whole thing. I know. I'm going to watch it though. Incredible. It's, I'll watch it, yeah. Because it's, it's, again, it's on. I have a list of like, so, the, like the most recent movie I watched besides Legally Blonde with my mom because we wanted a throwback. By the way, I will argue that Legally Blonde is probably the most feminist movie out there. Never seen it. And I will... What? <laughs> why would I... If I it's... don't like Mean Girls, why would I watch Legally Blonde? But no, but Legally Blonde is like... No, it's like it's different. It's so much different and it's so good. It's I'll like, again, it. it's a feel-good guilty pleasure of mine. Like, obviously, sure. I'm not like, oh, it's cinematic masterpiece. But like, it's just one of those movies that you watch after a breakup most of the time. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, it's um, <laughs> not as, like, cinematically important as the Cat in the Hat movie, but, it's, but it's you know, good. we can... And it's... <laughs> <laughs> we're watching it. I'm saying it now. We're watching it, Do and we're just going to... Back to back, Mean Girls, Legally Blonde, oh, and God. then if I think of any other movies like that, we're watching it. We're not watching the just... sequel, because that sucked ass. I might just die. <laughs> Next, you're going to be saying, like, Sex in the City or something. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Oh, I think. Oh. oh, okay. Internet's back. Sorry, you turned into a robot. Okay. You were like, no. Oh, that <laughs> Which happens. Was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really happy with my internet because sometimes it's real shitty, but so far it's going good, which is, which is nice. But yeah, I'm not that basic. I've never seen a single thing of Sex in the City, and I don't plan on it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it's just a bunch of women complaining that they're not having sex. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I that don't know. That sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like film. let's talk like just a bunch of middle aged women talking about their sexual repression. Yeah. I feel Put like it on a poster. Just, I feel like you just do that if you just you know, just went somewhere with a lot of women. Not necessarily. I mean when I'm with no, my girlfriend, like those you know, kinds of women. Oh yeah, like we're talking like divorced or widowed, you know, uh forty five year old or thirty five and up maybe. <laughs> yeah, like 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 sort of like real housewives of you know wherever those kinds of people. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, most likely. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Holy yeah. cow. Uh, We're at two hours yeah, and four I, minutes. Jeez, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have, like, reeled it in. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Should... Okay. Time Just, like... flew by. I am going to end it now, oh. though, because it's nine. It's almost my bedtime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I just gotta get starting on started on editing this thing, and I do want to try and keep them like sub, um, sub like three hours. I hope like two hours, but if it's over two hours, it's fine. Yeah, yeah um, that, that's fair. What What are your links? How do we find you on the internet? Oh, okay. Um. Oh, I got a self promo. Yes. So I have a YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. it's just Re. That's it. My nickname, and so then I- on Twitter H-I- and Instagram. Yes. Re. Yeah. Okay. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Refilms. And that's it. <laughs> like R E E? Refilms. Sorry. Uh, it's too funny. <laughs> if I do that, then uh, call help because I've uh, I've given up at that point. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe it's like, I don't know. Well, we clearly you want to do Re, you don't want to do Rye because you could do like Rye Films, but people are like, what is it, bread? Um, well, yeah, like some great. people like look at my nickname and they think it's Rye. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, but it was Re because that has been my nickname forever. Cool. And that's what people in my like local area know me by. And so I was like, oh, I'm Re, and I film, so. There you go, Re films. films. And then I also, like, you know, I thought, oh, it could be, like, my stage name, but fuck that. Whatever. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Just, like, you could be, like, but... um, Madonna, like, one 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 uh, name sort of person, Re. Oh, God, Madonna. I don't know if I want to be compared to her, but, yeah. <laughs> incredibly successful if you want to find me on the internet you can follow the podcast here at 2001 with a period or a full stop at the end if you want to follow me on instagram it's at fraser costume photography facebook at fraser costume photography twitter don't i don't have one i deleted it reddit don't i don't have one uh where else am i Second channel, Fraser Costin, if you want to see me complain about stuff i feel like that's mostly what i'll just upload there that and memes um <laughs> yeah that and if means... you want to find his um, MSN Messenger, his MySpace, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to find my uh, my, uh, I'm trying to think of another forgotten social media. His LinkedIn, you know. <laughs> my LinkedIn, my Snapchat. I don't know who. I don't know. I, I don't get people who put out their Snapchats. It's like a thing. That's weird. Um, I think it's it's a very personal they... social media. Yeah, I think it's people like you give out your Snapchat to someone you're interested to. At least that's, that's what, what I, I know. Thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then again, um, I rarely use Snapchat, so I just like, oh, here's my Instagram. Dude, I forget to use it, and then my friends get mad at me, and I'm like, just message me on Instagram, okay? Um, so that's all the places you can find me. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for coming on to our wonderful guest. Ooh, big round of Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> See, it wasn't too nerve-wracking at the end. You just... No, I be... Yeah, I got, like... Once we got into it and I said my feminist feminist bullshit, it was good. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but sure. Oh. <laughs> I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say bullshit, but I would... Um, no, I, if you I'm, disagree I'm with that sort that of thing, thing, you definitely are not going to uh, like this episode, that's for certain. Yeah, sorry, and, um, you know, you can um, fight me. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll actually set up a boxing. Um, obviously, yeah, we're going to have to do... I'll bring it. I'll... But, but you can't <laughs> hit her because she's a woman, so you're going to lose, unfortunately. Uh, if, it's equal, if it's equal opportunity, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's like a six foot eight, like 400 pound gorilla of a man? Here's the thing I have so much manic energy, I could probably take them. 
hey, I'm gonna. I have no, you know, no rules. You can just bring a knife. That's fine. Actually, uh, <laughs> sorry, like Susan. Susan. I did not say that, Susan. It's okay. No, Susan. We didn't say anything about knives or fighting. <laughs> and, and I didn't say. I didn't. And I didn't say no swears in this episode. I promise. <laughs> it. We're so far into the episode. Susan's like stopped listening. She's like, I don't care anymore. Oh yeah, she was just like, she's just like, loves. I need you to. You're a bunch of eight, 17 slash 19 year old shits. I don't care at this point. <laughs> she, she doesn't care what we think at all. Um, Next week. Who do we have on next week? Who do I have on next week? Uh, I see there a kill. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm going to have to ask him. I'm pretty sure it's a kill. A kill. A kill. I will ask him. Uh, Thomas. And then someone else. Who was the other person? I forgot this last episode as well. Oh, well. I'll remember them when I get there. Um, yeah, that's it. Bye.